um, honorable members, good afternoon uh, guests, and uh, <clears throat> the chairpersons, uh, together with the chief executives of uh, the entities. I hope you can hear me. Yes, we can hear. Okay. Loud and clear. Yes, I can. All right, thank you very much. Uh, <clears throat> let's start with our meeting. Um, and start with uh, any apology from uh, anybody. Anele? Uh, good morning. Good, good afternoon, Chair um, and members. Um, Chairperson, I've received apologies from the minister as well as the deputy minister. So I didn't receive uh, apologies from members. <coughs> okay, so from the department, we have got who do we have? Uh, DDG? Um, it's supposed to be Mr. Mvad, who's joining us, Chairperson. Okay. Yes, sir. Oh, you are in. Okay. All right. Uh, from the members, who do we have? We do have uh, Honorable Tsie, Honorable Sibia, Honorable Boshoff, Honorable Pozoli, Honorable Kiti, Honorable Notada. Those member, those are the members that I see Chairperson for now. Okay. Then it means we do um, have the necessary quorum to proceed with the meeting. Once more, uh, good afternoon, honorable members, and welcome to this meeting. Uh, we're having a follow-up meeting today of uh, the three sitters that we engaged uh, sometime last year. Uh, construction sitter, WNR sitter, as well as a, a services sitter. We had some engagement last year, and there were some issues that needed to be followed up. So. This is that meeting which where we are following up those issues. Uh, maybe I must just take this opportunity to also brief you about Friday. As you know that we are expected to, we are scheduled to meet on Friday to receive a report from the minister. Uh, there's about four matters which we have asked the minister to brief us on. Uh, so that meeting was supposed to take place tomorrow. So because tomorrow we've got a, a house sitting from three o'clock to six, and uh, there are questions that are directed to social services cluster, uh, for which uh, our department or the department that we are doing oversight is scheduled to respond to the questions. So as a result of that, that meeting has been moved from tomorrow to Friday uh, between six and nine, and that was the only slot that we could get. Now we received a, a letter from the minister uh, indicating that it's not going to be available for Friday for the reasons that he indicated in the letter. So. <clears throat> At the moment, we are considering uh, postponing that meeting to a later date because 
we can't have that meeting when the minister is not available. Because that briefing is meant specifically for the minister to brief us on the four items that we raised, uh, we asked to be briefed on. So I hope that members did receive the letter. I asked uh, Anele to post it on the on the WhatsApp chat group of uh, the committee. I hope that members have received uh, the letter and the reasons why the minister is not available. So if we postpone ultimately Friday, we will uh, look at uh, another suitable date and then uh, advise the members. <clears throat> well, for today, uh, we have got the three entities, uh, chairperson of two and then the administrator. So in the absence of any further comment, I don't know whether members would want to comment at this stage. Otherwise, we can just go straight to the presentations. Uh, who do we, uh, we start with? Um, Anele, followed by Dublin R. Sita. Okay. And then, and then Sita. Okay. All right. Let's then uh, take this opportunity then to hand over to the new chairperson of the board uh, to give some opening remarks and the CEO to take us through the presentations. Uh, thank you, uh, Honourable Chairperson um, and members. Um, I would first like to thank you for affording us this opportunity to brief the committee on the questions uh, set up in your letter addressed to me, uh, dated 12 May 2020. Um, today, we are, I'm also joined by one of our executive committee members, Ms. Ford, and then the CEO and the executives, as was requested uh, in your letter. Um, the new accounting authority was appointed on 1st April during the lockdown, which have delayed us commencing with our activities. Normally, the business of the accounting authority will start with an induction, taking new members through the organizational mandate structure. Uh, unfortunately, we couldn't uh, do that. Uh, with the introduction of the national lockdown, uh, to curb the spread of COVID-19, we have to respond to directives from the executive authority immediately to set up a COVID-19 task team to ensure business continuity. We also have to implement a remote work strategy, ensure that stipends are continuing to be paid, and that preparations for reporting in terms of the framework continues. Furthermore, the skill development holiday that required us also to adjust our budget and review our current commitments and also our programs. What is the guy saying that side? These uh, reports. Sorry, sorry, Chair. Can just you hear me? To, sorry, just to interrupt you a bit. There's somebody whose mic is on. Uh, may I please ask everybody to mute their mics if you are not on the floor? Uh, 
because you are disrupting the meeting now. Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Okay, can you continue? Yeah, continue. Thank you. As you were saying that um, we also had to uh, readjust our budget and also review our commitments and our programs uh, due to the skills holiday levy that was announced. Chairperson and members, upon receiving your request for the service of future to appear today, I directed the CEO to prepare responses for our questions and also convene a special accounting authority meeting that took place on the 20th of May to prepare for this meeting. Having received a report from management, the accounting authority requested management to provide additional information to be included uh, in our presentation today. Chairperson, I was requested by the accounting authority to introduce uh, our responses to two of the questions. First, with regards to the personal security uh, for the CEO, the accounting authority responded at that time was to provide security as they were present when the CEO received this during an accounting authority meeting that were held in December 2018. It's also important to note that at the time when the CETA appeared before the committee last year, the accounting authority had already uh, at that time commissioned another threat and risk analysis uh, on the CEO. And subsequently, the contract was terminated at the end of November. Second, on the allegations on the appointment of senior management without the requisite qualification, uh, we have requested the CEO to provide a comprehensive report on all the qualifications and experience, experiences of the executive management. I also want to draw your attention to the fact that the requirement for the positions of the CEO and that of executive managers was a master's degree or equivalent. Um, we have provided the committee also with copies of those uh, Edward, uh, the adverts. Uh, Chairperson, with your permission, I now wish the CEO to, to make our presentation. Thank you. Okay, CEO, you can proceed. Thank you, Chairperson. I will share the presentation on the screen. Can I get a confirmation if the presentation does appear on the screen for the members? Yeah, we can see the presentation on the screen. Thank you, Chair. Chair, the, the, the chairperson of the accounting authority has just um, present, did his opening remarks. The issues, Chair, that uh, the presentation will cover are the issues that were raised. In certain instances, Chair, I will also... Is it possible that you can see the speaker? Sorry, Chair. Just by the corner. Who's speaking now? Who was speaking? Chairperson, it's Honorable Gates. I was asking if we can see the speaker, if it's possible. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. It's fine. Uh, CEO, if you can just uh, 
uh, turn on your mic as you continue. You can continue sharing the presentation with us, but with your mic, with your camera on. Okay, um, okay my camera is on. Let me just see. Because um, my camera is on, let me just be perhaps minimize on the screen so that I can. I'm going to need guidance. I'm using Teams for the first time today. I want to make that declaration. <clears throat> okay, if you are, your camera is on, uh, yes. uh, we should be able to see you, but it, it might be possible that because you are sharing the screen with us, there is a, we are not able to see you. But proceed nevertheless. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson, uh, the, the five issues that we had to, to respond there to uh, by way of the follow-up, I will just go through them. It's the progress um, report with the committee's resolution on the termination of the security. It was the issue on the certification backlog that we needed to account on, the consequence management on the irregularities um, at the services center that was to be implemented or implemented. We also needed to re respond to the allegations of the senior managers without the prerequisite qualifications, as the chairperson has said. We also needed to give feedback to the committee, updating the committee on what measures have we put in place, having had the two sittings with the committee and also supported on that score by the two forensic reports that uh, were, had taken place or rather recommended certain actions to be taken in strengthening our internal supply chain management processes. I will now deal with the first issue, Chair, just to bring context, uh, which is the, the termination of the security. I can confirm, Chair, that the security was indeed terminated on the 29th of November 2019. The second aspect of the appointment of senior managers without the prerequisite um, qualifications. I want to go quickly, Chair, on the status quo before I go on to the individuals that were affected. The, the services setup, based on the allegations that were set forth, we had, um, after our meeting in December, Chairperson submitted the qualifications of the incumbent that were in question, as well as the, the, what we then did, we also went into our archives and we pulled out the requirements of these positions that they occupy to make certain that we submit to the committee information that is relevant and that is in sync. I then will now proceed to the various um, individuals that were affected. The first position that I'm, uh, is on the screen now is the one of the chief executive officer. That position is the one that I'm currently occupying. The issue here, Chairperson, was the one that says that the incumbent does not have the qualifications. The, income, the position was advertised externally in the national newspapers. And there is a proof of that annexure, which I will, I, will, I will make available. I did have it with the presentation. But what is more important here is that the, the advert spoke to a master's degree or equivalent qualification in management, law, or humanities. The incumbent in the position has got a four-year degree in Big Proc, LLB two-year degree, and is currently an admitted attorney with a high court right of appearance. The minimum experience of the job adverts chairperson are set out in the presentation, which talk to 15 years experience 
10 years of which should be in management. What you would notice, Chairperson, is that the general um, experience is, was 19 years at the time. Uh, managerial, it was two years. And the professional is the one of 19 years. From 1999, has away in the incumbent worked as a, as a professional, and a year after started acting um, in, being in a position, rather, of a director. The second position, Chairperson, that was in question is the one of the Chief Financial Officer, which is currently occupied by Mr. Tseula Matibe. Again, on this score, Chair, I want to make a, a, a submission to say that the advert um, copy is available. We did extract same as well. The position was advertised externally in the national newspapers. The position required minimum qualification requirements of a metric, a three-year qualification or equivalent with accounting as a major, plus articles or a four-year qualification in accounting. And it did say that a qualification as a CA would be an added advantage. What does the current incumbent? At the time of the appointment, the incumbent had management development program. He had a national diploma in financial information systems, a bit taking cost and management accounting. And the incumbent also advanced himself with an advanced diploma in accounting sciences and with a postgraduate diploma in professional accounting in, within the professional accountant SA. The working experience at the time that was required was 10 years ex working experience, of which five years must have been in a senior finance management role or position. The incumbent had a, a 11 years, um, 10 years, 11 months experience uh, and in general management, and then in a managerial position, he had six years, four months at the time. And I want to make uh, also chair to draw your attention to the details of the experience that um, were submitted by the incumbent on the CV, in the fact that uh, he was a finance um, intern and naturally a finance procurement um, officer with um, MQA finance intern, intern and, and with SASA, he was a financial officer. <coughs> he was also at the MQA, a financial administrator, a financial manager at the PCTA, Finance Controller Mining Qualifications Authority. And, and in 24, from 2014 to 2016, he was a senior manager of finance at the services center. The next um, executive manager who were, whose qualifications were in question, Chair, I will spend a bit of time on this one because, Chair, I intend to also deal with other matters that are surrounding this position. The executive manager in the office of the CEO is occupied by Ms. Mamabelemung. The position was advertised externally. The position minimum requirements were master's degree or equivalent in business admin or public administration. <coughs> the qualifications of the incumbent are as follows. She's a chartered accountant. She has honors in B accounting sciences. She has a BTEC in internal auditing. She has a national diploma in internal auditing. The minimum experience as be the advert was a 10 years in general management, seven years must be managerial experience, five years professional experience within a public entity. This incumbent chair at, um, from 20, 2006 to 2017, August, she had a 10 years, four months um, experience. Matching the managerial, she had eight, um, six years, eight months in, in managerial experience. And then in professional, she had 10 years, 11 months. 
the incumbent chairperson uh, was a trainee with uh, Kabisa Sekela and the AG from 20, 2006 to 2010. She was the supervisor and audit supervisor with Auditor General SA from 2011 to 2012. And she was also an assistant um, manager at Auditor General from 2012 to 2013. And when she left the Auditor General SA, she was the Auditor Manager from 2013 to 2017. Chair, if I may, I want to, to bring an issue, which is also an issue that is in the NSA report at this point. Perhaps I don't get the opportunity to, to address that. In the NSA report, there is a, the, the NSA report makes a reference to say that the off, executive manager in the office of the CEO was occupied by a Mr. Sibusi Sozaja, who did not have the, the qualifications. That office, uh, um, office chairperson, the executive manager office of the CEO, was never occupied by Mr. Lajla, be it in an acting capacity or in a permanent position. It has always been occupied by Ms. Mama Belemutla, and it was never um, uh, put forward as an acting position, but it was a straightforward um, position that went through an advert. There was no incumbent that had acted in that position. The next um, um, incumbent position that I want to talk to Chairperson first, because also this position is the one that I just spoken about the incumbent in the NSA report. The incumbent in the NSA report, the NSA report makes reference to two on two instances rather, in as far as it relates to the to the to the position of executive manager planning. The executive manager planning was occupied by a Miss Liesel Koschler who is currently the executive in the, in, the in the Entrepreneur Cooperative Development Institute for the Services Seat. At the time of her vacating the position, taking up a new position, that position became vacant. vacant. And Mr. Smusis Olaja applied for the position because he was an internal employee and the acting positions at the services seat are always advertised internally. The internal advert required a master's degree or equivalent in business admin or public administration. The incumbent qualifications at the time of the appointment, he had a, 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 an association certified chartered accountant qualification. He also had a BCom in internal auditing and he was also registered with the Associate General Accountant SA. The minimum requirements of that position were 10 years, also seven years in management, five years in professional. The incumbent at the time had eight years, eight months, and he also had five years in managerial, eight months. In professional um, experience, he had eight years, eight months. And the details of the experience, the details or rather the experiences of the incumbent um, at that time, he was a senior manager in planning at the time of him applying for the acting position of the executive manager. He also came with a, a background of being a manager performance reporting for services CETA or CETAS. He was also um, an audit assistant manager at the Auditor General SA from 2014 to 2015. He was the audit supervisor at the Auditor General from 2012 to 2014. He was also a trainee at the Auditor General SA from 2009 to 2011. I now move to the position that is the executive manager planning, which is the position that is now occupying permanently. This position was then advertised externally at the time of the board deciding that they are moving outside to advertise it. 
it came again with those requirements of the master's degree or equivalent uh, in business admin or public admin. Can you allow me to interrupt you a little bit? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> we, I, uh, my apologies, man. I, I did not indicate when we started that uh, each entity will be given 30 minutes to present and then so that we allow enough time for members to engage. We've got uh, about three hours, so we're planning to have one and a half hour for the presentations and an hour of engagement and 30 minutes of responses, if possible. So <clears throat> just bear that in mind when you proceed with your presentation. Don't be too detailed uh, in reading line by line because the presentation has been sent before. Just <laughs> emphasize the areas where you think that you need to emphasize them. But I hope that members have received these presentations, have gone through them. In the interest of time, let's just stick to the 30 minutes because I could notice that uh, only on the first issue, there is a little bit of time taken and uh, you may go on beyond the 30 minutes allocated. My apologies, sorry. Thanks. Thank you so much, Chair. I will, I will be quick. This is the last position, Chairperson, okay. also. The qualifications should be the same as the incumbent, as the same as I was talking on the acting position. But what's more important that I wanted to highlight here is that the 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 incumbent had since the qualifications at the time of the appointment uh, as the acting, and and also him occupying now naturally the, the the permanent position. He has also obtained a certificate in technology leadership. And this is where we are awaiting the certification of that from Vets Enterprise and School. Chair, I think what is then important is also the position. This position was also an issue in the NSA report. What was an issue at the NSA report that was written was that the position of the legal services executive manager was somewhere, somewhat changed from being a senior manager to an executive manager. And that being said, the position was not advertised. Two things Chair, that are critical to, to run through. The first one Chair, is that the position was advertised at the time of it being a senior manager. What simply happened here Chair, was that the board took a resolution as they were looking at the various titles of the positions in the organization and changed the position from being senior manager to executive manager. There was no financial uh, uh, gain or rather there was no financial changes or salary changes that were effected based on the change of the title of this position. The next item chair that I want to, to present is the issue that relates to the certification backlog. I will not spend time chair on the, on the, on the numbers of the certificates that we have printed as the certificate to date, but I want to draw the attention of the committee because the question of certification backlog was, was asked. What we have chair as the services sitter as a as what we would call a backlog, it's 123 funded and unfunded um, results that were received in 2020, and these are not processed. The reason that they are not being processed chair is that we depend on NEMB and the QCTO for the processing of these certificates. But also the lockdown had had an impact because, as you would know, chair, that these are the certificates of that way now. Uh, are due in the uh, financial year 2020. Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. And whilst we do that, Chair, we want to make a point that says that 
we have been assisting NEMP to make certain that our certificates for our learners are printed on time. And, and whilst we do that, we also want to record and say that Your there call is has also 245 letter files with outstanding certificates as well. And these are also um, learner files that are sitting with NEMP. And these are old certificates or rather files, Chairperson, that, big, that date back years and years before some of us even joined the CETAS. But what we want to make a point is that these certificates are certificates that the learners have lost and they need to be replaced. Now, the replacement between the QCTO and NEMB, I mean, the NEMB and the trade centers takes a time because what we are doing as a service is that we are assisting the process by going back and uplifting the files of these learners from the various trade centers as well as the entities that were training them. The next point, Chair, was that I want to talk about was the irregularities that were, the SEM regularities that were picked up by the committee based on our annual um, report. The, the, what we did, we took down, in, we broke down that cumulative figure of the irregular expenditure, Chair. As you see, it's 849, which was expenditure in excess of the deemed approved budget. And the committee asked us a question previously, what are we doing about this? And because these were totaling up to 960, 960. What we did, we went to the department, we met with the department, National Treasury and the AG in one room. We wanted guidance, how do we deal with this? Because this emanated from our submitted budget with our APP. And we, we said we are having it difficult because we had to report it as such. However, there was nothing wrong that we had done as a service or rather different from the way in which we were submitting. The outcome chair, or rather as things stands, the department, the AG and National Treasury have asked the department to, to pronounce on how they want to, to deal with the matter. And the matter has now been clarified with the department and we await the letter from the minister, wherein he has clarified to say that he accepts how we have submitted our budget and our APP. The 1.5 million, which was a contract management for critical services, again, chairperson, this is the, these are the amounts that were accumulated from prior years. And what we have done, these we are waiting for them to be written off as per the framework with National Treasury. We went to National Treasury on the 1.5, on the 6.1, and we asked National Treasury to give us guidance because these were years and years accumulated, accumulated um, irregular expenditures. National Treasury, Chairperson, they advised us that because of the fact that people that dealt with this matter at National Treasury were no longer there, they have since now given us a direction as to how we must treat these. And I can report, Chairperson, that these will now be returned off as per the framework. The 62 million chair, which relates to the contravention, this is due to the grant regulations. Grant the, the grant regulations provides for the employers to submit their WSPs and ATRs on compliance thereof we pay. What we then did with this on this instance, Chair, is that we petitioned National Treasurer to say how then do we deal with this? Because we, if we did not pay the grant, the grant that the claims, we would be in contravention of the regulations. And they've also given us guidance as to how then we deal with this. Uh, and this will also be written off as per the framework. The 41 million relates to severance packages that before the administration of the services CETA. And these are matters, Chairperson, that happened in 2012. And what we did with this one, these are the ones where executives that were at the services CETA at the time, 
and the, the CEO that was then, they paid themselves severance packages which were unapproved. I want to report to the committee that the litigation is currently in progress in as far as that matter is concerned. And we also have withheld the severance packages that were due and payable to those incumbents pending the litigation matter outcome. Chairperson, the last issue that I want to talk about is the strengthening of the internal supply chain management. The committee raised this issue and frowned upon us on the supply chain management uh, uh, housekeeping issues or issues that were raised by the AG. What we did, Chair, we enhanced and strengthened our supply chain management processes. The first thing that we, do, we did, we took the AG's comments and we worked on them to incorporate those comments into our policies. We also made certain that we create two levels of assurance. The first level is whereby the committee members that are sitting in the supply chain management processes of the services CETA, they sign the compliance checklist prior to the commencement of any assignment. And we've also included as, as part of our key performance areas in each and every uh, manager in the services CETA, the issue of compliance with supply chain management processes or quotation basis. What we also did, Chairperson, we took the executive, the managers and our committees to a training. The first training that took place was the one that happened in December through the, 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 the university, the VETS University. And the second training also took place through the School of Governance on the 17th of February to, to the 21st of February, wherein we were training the BEC members. We were also training the managers in, and administrators within the supply chain management unit. Why we did this, Chairperson, we took the advice of the committee, but most importantly, we took the recommendations that came out of the two forensic reports that made recommendations on how and which areas we should strengthen our supply chain management processes. Thank you, Chairperson, on that score. I will now pause and uh, if there's any other thing, I will clarify it, Chairperson. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much, uh, CEO. Um, that brings us to the end of the presentation of services, CETA. Can we then move to um, uh, WNRC and hand over to the chair? Chairperson, just unmute yourself. You are still muted. Uh, thank you, Honourable uh, Chairperson and Honourable Members uh, of the Committee. Um, <clears throat> and thank you for the opportunity uh, for us to come and present to you uh, today. Uh, just for introduction, I am Rachel Sibia, I'm the newly appointed um, Chairperson of the Wholesale and Retail CETA since uh, the 1st of April uh, this year. Uh, with me, uh, I've got Tom Kwanazi, who is our CEO, and then also uh, we have uh, our CFO, which is Luazi Kuse. Um, <clears throat> Chairperson, uh, the CEO will be uh, doing the presentation, but uh, just before the CEO take us through his presentation, I'd just like to make two <clears throat> quick comments. Um, uh, the first comment, Chairperson, is that the CEO will be taking us through the efforts and, and, and the controls that the CETA has put in place in the last financial year. You know, I have to state that those efforts and the <laughs> controls have uh, actually started uh, to um, <clears throat> burn out uh, better performance uh, outcomes. 
uh, than the prior years. Uh, though I cannot uh, announce uh, the target achievement at this stage, Chairperson, because we're still waiting for the final uh, audit from the AG, I can give uh, um, confidence to this committee that we will be coming back to this portfolio committee with an annual performance uh, report, which uh, shows a significant improvement uh, <clears throat> from the 31% target uh, achievement uh, that was experienced in the prior year. Uh, so the work uh, that uh, we, have put in, we are putting in place is starting to uh, show uh, results. And I have to also just uh, uh, give credit uh, to our CEO uh, for his leadership and also his competence uh, in taking this organization forward. As you are a chairperson, this organization has been through uh, numerous of issues. Uh, uh, at some point, it was actually put under administration. Um, so, and there's been a continuous uh, change of leadership. So the CEO came in at a very tough time. So that's why I think I just need to make that special mention of his efforts as well. Uh, the second comment, uh, Chairperson, is around COVID-19 interventions. Uh, we all are aware that COVID-19 uh, came to us unannounced and, uh, <clears throat> uh, and we had no plans around it. Um, but uh, the, 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 the key issues that I want to raise, firstly, is the issue of the uh, revenue uh, income reduction. We're estimating about 45% due to the four-month uh, holiday uh, payment on levies and the ongoing you know, um, distress uh, on, on businesses. And Chair, I have to just make you also aware in the committee that uh, the bulk of our um, levy income payers are SMMEs. So I think we're one of the sitters that's got a huge number of SMMEs. So COVID-19 is really definitely going to impact us in terms of uh, the revenue. <clears throat> but having said that, uh, I, I have to announce that we have actually already prioritized 74 million uh, to, towards COVID intervention uh, to support uh, the SMMEs, uh, the, the cooperatives, and also the Spaza shops. And we are working uh, together with the Department of Small Business Development. And uh, on Thursday, we're also sitting as a board just to reprioritize our APP and to see how much more, how much more money we can actually channel towards uh, supporting of the SMMEs uh, for the COVID-19, you know, challenge that is facing us. I just thought I would like to just uh, point out those two uh, areas uh, that the board will be focusing on uh, in this uh, time that we are facing. Um, that's all from my side for now, Chairperson. I'll then ask the CEO to take us through the presentation. Okay, thank you, CEO. Um, thank you, um, Chairperson and the members. Um, uh, let me just uh, try and uh, uh, add presentation. If um, if I can get confirmation that we all seeing the presentation. Yeah, we can see the presentation, CEO. Proceed. Thank you. Um, Chairperson, um, 
I'm, I'm just going to uh, move into three issues that we were requested um, uh, to respond to based on our follow-up that we had last year. Firstly, um, uh, it's the issue related to how we finalized the misconduct hearings and uh, uh, on the forensic investigation reports and the recoveries of monies. And then the second issue um, is the um, the implementation of the action plan based on our um, uh, uh, on our audit finding. As as the committee will remember, for 1819 we had a, a qualified um, opinion. And then the third issue is the issue of the implementation of the um, turnaround strategy to restore um, stability in the organization and improve and performance uh, of the WNR CETA. Um, I will start with um, issues related to the forensic uh, report. Um, based on the forensic reports that we had, we had three uh, uh, forensic reports that happened between between the board and uh, and and the administrator, and the amount of money uh, totaled up to 196 million that was regarded as irregular. Um, however, when we investigation was done, only 1.6 million was an amount of money that needed to be recovered, and we've already recovered um, an amount of about 473,000 um, um, of that, and the engagement is still continuing uh, with regards to the other uh, amounts of money. Um, the an amount of about 508 also that needs to be recovered also include an issue that needs to be um, reported for, for criminality, um, which we have done that, uh, which includes um, um, one company, Pure Innovation, and in our investigation we found that the company um, doesn't um, um, uh, exist uh, anymore. However, we are continuing with the engagement and, and see whether we'll be able to recover that amount of money. Um, obviously, um, we did indicate that uh, the reason why um, we had um, these issues, it was mainly because there was a skills issues in the organization. There was no proper application of policies, failure in governance, leadership and, uh, uh, uncertainty, uh, poor monitoring and evaluation, and also the fact that the organization's uh, human resources processes um, really did not um, yield what was supposed to be have done. Um, the, on the issue of, of, of employees, um, we had 78 implicated employees um, uh, uh, from, the foreign, from, from these uh, very uh, 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 forensic audit reports. And the board then um, in 2018 had already taken a decision to set up the, the board that started, the new board that started on the, on the 1st of April at, at, at that time in 2018 decided to set up a, a task team, and that task team um, um, then looked at all these issues and then uh, decided, um, based on the investigation and, 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 fed, and, and considerable con consideration, um, that due to the lime time lapse of the con con commissioning of the forensic audit, and also and the fact that um, some of the, uh, some of the um, employees had already been um, uh, 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 been disciplined, and there were there were uh, uh, suspensions were lifted when the 
the board came through or when the administrator came through. So there were just a lot of issues. Then there was also a lot of um, inadequate evidence in terms of uh, records reporting. Um, that and also a number of organizations had left the organization due to hostile conditions at that particular point in time. And also certain employees that were left in the organization therefore had to testify amongst the, um, themselves, so which also created a really a, a low staff morale um, within the organization. What then did we do uh, in order to ensure that we're moving forward with this issue? Obviously, the board in 2018 had um, uh, came up with a turnaround strategy and we continued with that process and we're planning to finalize that process. We reviewed policies and looked at our governance framework and to ensure that we strengthened all the, the processes that we have. We've started uh, conducting training on internal control systems and policy instruments. Um, generally, what we did is that we looked at all um, issues that um, um, needed us to look at in order to ensure that we really stop the repeat and the bleeding um, that was happening at, at that particular point in time. Obviously, there, there is a context um, related to the disciplinary uh, reviews that was were, were conducted. The board really um, then emphasized that um, any misconduct that happens then thereafter will really be dealt with and will not be tolerated as um, we move on and implementing new policies and people getting trained to understand what their responsibilities are uh, moving forward. Um, uh, I will then move uh, Chairperson to the issue of the audit outcome that we've had in 2018. We had a qualified um, uh, um, uh, opinion um, due to uh, the issue of the commitment register um, that we had um, within the CETA. And um, we have uh, then um, tried as a CETA to then look at ensuring that we deal with all these uh, significant findings and the control deficiencies that were identified by the Auditor General. And, uh, and obviously we, we had found ourselves that 11 out of the 31 of the audit findings were repeat findings. Um, so we then worked, really worked very hard uh, to ensure that um, we improve uh, and ensure that um, uh, we, we move forward and we do not have all these issues. And all these issues have been indicated um, in, the, in the presentation. And we had uh, an action plan being put in place. And, um, and the Auditor General has actually looked uh, at the work that we are doing and also our internal audit and and 66 percent of the um of the findings have been dealt with and the rest um or of the issues will obviously be dealt with if when we get into uh, into the auditing because although we have done a lot of improvement on those particular issues however then we can only um see whether there is improvement when we get um, in, 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 into, in, into the audit. Um, the, 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 why did we have all these issues? Obviously, there was a high staff turnover in, in critical management positions. Um, we appointed the CFO uh, last year in October and two financial uh, managers in January and February this year. 
And um, and we've also put in policies, as I've indicated before, and procedures to ensure accountability, efficiency, and compliance with laws and, and regulation. And also, we had to also put in, uh, within the organization, an ERP system and an MIS system in order to ensure that we move from a manual process system because the CETA um, had, was using a lot of manual um, 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 processes uh, and, and which made it really difficult to ensure that we are able to account and do things um, the way that we are supposed to do. But also the organization had inadequate review and monitoring uh, of controls which uh, we have um, put in, in, in place. What have we done with the issue on or that is related to the qualified audit? We The new CFO came through and who started on the 1st of October and his first task was to then look at uh, the whole issue um, that was raised, especially the material issues uh, on the commitment register, and it has put in a lot of effort in ensuring that um, those issues are addressed. And um, we are um, 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 pleased to announce that um, we are now ready, as from the 1st uh, of June, to submit to the Auditor General before we get into the final audit uh, the commitment register work that has been done by the CFO and his team um, to ensure that we do things the way that we are supposed to be done. Um, we've made also a lot of improve, improvement in terms of how we're dealing with uh, our finance, financial, um, financial statements and the fact that the quality of of the financial statements were not at the level where they were supposed to be. And the new CFO have also improved, uh, put in improved measures uh, in place. Uh, also with issues related to um, uh, non-compliant with SCM uh, laws and regulations. We have also uh, put in um, uh, policies in place and, uh, and consequence management action has been put in place, including staff training and ensuring that um, we're putting plans into in order to address um, the root, root causes. And the other issue that was the biggest issue over the years was the fact that we had not really made payments um, to the stakeholders with um, the situation that we are finding ourselves um, within the organization. I'm also pleased to, um, to inform the committee that we've really done a lot of work. Um, when um, the CFO came through um, in October, we had a backlog of about 100 million of invoices that were coming from three, four, five, six years uh, of payment. And, um, and we have uh, eradicated all that backlog um, that, that we have find ourselves in uh, in the organization. And this is just um, a document where we're indicating all the work that um, as an organization we have done and also what um, uh, um, the Auditor General has done when we were doing the interim audit and the, uh, um, during this period where the organization has shown um, uh, um, improvement in terms of how we're putting things in place in order to ensure that we improve um, as an organization. Um, the, the, the only area, really chairperson, where we would, uh, would indicate that um, there, there has not been an improvement is the issue, it's issue related to the IT um, uh, management. As you know, Chairperson, as I've indicated before, that um, in that area we were using a manual system, but through our work that we've put in place, um, the, the Auditor General picked up 
without even doing any audit and relying on our own work that we had done and we've regressed uh, uh, on that particular issue. However, we have put in, in place processes to ensure that we improve uh, on those particular areas. Um, Chairperson, um, again, we also had to implement um, a turnaround strategy and, um, and our turnaround strategy really focused on four areas, which was leadership, people and processes um, and, 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 and systems. Uh, with regards to uh, people, obviously key positions within the organizations were filled uh, and I'm not going to go into detail in terms of um, which of these positions that were filled and um, and we are continuing to do that um, in order to ensure, I think uh, as of yesterday, um, we almost um, completed to fill all the critical positions um, we, with, within the, um, the organization. Um, we've also ensured that the staff members are trained uh, and um, especially on supply chain management processes and other pro practices nodes. We've also put in ensure that uh, uh, employees um, uh, enter into performance agreements uh, in line with, with their own line managers. We've put in personal development plans uh, for the organizations. We've, but we've also had to have workshops in the organization because this required uh, change management um, within the organization. More than that, we also um, had to put in a relationship building exercise because the relationships between employees within the organization were so bad and the environment was so toxic that we had to take um, employees through that process. This really is yielding um, a lot of um, improvement within the organization and we will be continuing to do exactly and that um, obviously also we had to continue and ensure that uh, our systems uh, in terms of um, uh, 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 processes and, and also processes, we put them in place and looking at our business processes and streamlining and ensuring um, that we become much more efficient and effective um, as an organization in terms of what we are uh, supposed to do. Um, and also, we also had to put in two new systems, which is a, a, a co-management system, which deals with levies, grants, and, uh, and looks at skills intervention, and also an ERP system that we are in the process of finalizing, and also ensuring that our inter IT infrastructure is also um, uh, um, uh, 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 enabled uh, so that we can be able to work remotely and do all the things that we are able to do uh, currently within the organization. What then has been the impact of this turnaround strategy? I think it has improved, it, it has provided an improvement in the stakeholder management and communication as well as support um, with our stakeholders. We've seen it through our SSP process that um, our stakeholders have started to come back and work with us uh, because the board in 2018 had to go out and talk to the to the stakeholders and apologize of all the issues that have taken place, and we then made promises in, to, in terms of what we were supposed to do, and and I think we've been doing exactly that, and also we've have put uh, and ensured that there is improved organizational performance compared to the previous um, financial year. 
We've also enhanced our risk management and internal, internal control function. We are in the process of, of, of finalizing the implementation of the revised organizational structure, which will therefore be fit for purpose for the organization. And that is also uh, going to also enhance um, the, the, the improvement of the service delivery to our uh, um, uh, to our stakeholders and which is really based on the decentralization model uh, because of the way that we've been working previously where everything was centered um, at, the, at, the, at the head office. We are also continuing with the policy review and streamlining of those policies and ensuring that uh, we've got uh, procedures, uh, standard operating procedures linked um, to these policies. The way forward, Chairperson, is that we uh, we, we we are planning to 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 finalize the um, the um, our the organizational structure implementation uh, by 30 September. We are reviewing uh, our delegation of authority in, in, to ensure that there is a lot of accountability uh, within the regions. Uh, we, obviously, this is based on the decentralization model that we are putting in place, and again, all that we plan. Um, that it will be finalized by 30 September. Um, we're conducting the skills audit. Um, as we are implementing the structure, we are also doing the skills audit so that we ensure that the employees that are placed in particular positions um, uh, are capable in performing in, in, into those positions. As an organization, we are skills development um, uh, institution. However, we were not really very good in capacity building and training and development of staff. And we've just approved the policy, and we are now um, uh, impl implementing that. And um, currently, finalization of the impl implementation of the ERP system, so that we move from a manual um, to a, a more paperless system and a more efficient system. We obviously. I have to continue with the change management process within the organization as we are putting a lot of changes um, within the organization. And uh, as, as from the 1st of April, we've then been implementing the new performance uh, management uh, system. Thank you, Chairperson. I hope I was in time. Uh, thank you very uh, much. Thank you very much. Can you just switch, Can off, you your just switch off your mic? I'll do that. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, CEO. Um, we're doing well in terms of time. Uh, thanks for the presentation. Can we move to the last presentation from the administration of Const administrator of construction CETA? Um, um, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Uh, um, I don't know whether you can see my presentation. We can see you. So okay. you just have to share your presentation with us. Uh, I'm trying to. I thought that I did. Um, Can you see it now, Chair? Mm, not, no, not yet. Uh, I'm 
I'm not so white, uh, I can't say it. Okay. Can you see it now, Jay? No, no. Have you sent the presentation to, yeah, we can see it now. Oh, we can see it now. Thanks, thanks, yeah. thanks very much. Uh, uh, right. Apologies for that. Um, a good afternoon, Chair, and the uh, members of the committee and my colleagues. Um, the presentation, Chair, um, will dwell on the three questions that the committee had asked us to present on. Um, and that is, is uh, on the I am um, um, who is uh, advising me on. There seems to be a Sorry. problem with connectivity. We, we, we were missing you several times there. Um, oh. the screen is no longer the the presentation is no longer on the screen. Um, is it on now, Chen? Mm, not yet. Maybe it's loading. Yeah, it's 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 on now. It's on now. Yes, thanks, Chen. Apologies for that. I don't know why uh, it's, it's giving problems. I was just saying, Chair, that um, I am with my colleague, uh, Mr. Peggy Tongwe, who is my advisor on finance. Um, Chair, we will be dealing with the three questions, um, uh, uh, resolving the pension and salary um, increase dispute with workers, uh, consequence management implemented against employees um, involved in irregularities and update with the disciplinary cases. And lastly, uh, we'll deal with the outcome of independent investigation into the meeting held in Devon uh, by the accounting authority um, relating to the issue of the 100% contribution to pension fund and 15% once of salary increase, uh, which was uh, said to have been authorized by, by the accounting authority. Just to give a bit of a background, Chair, um, after, <clears throat> after the meeting of the 26th November, um, there were a couple of things that happened at CETA. Um, currently, uh, construction CETA is under administration um, from the 3rd of February uh, 2020. Um, just after the meeting, uh, the minister had issued a letter to the accounting authority uh, barring them from taking decisions with financial implications. And uh, on the 29th of, of January uh, 2020, the minister um, suspended the board and placed a seat under administration. And the Gazette uh, to that effect came out on the 3rd of February and I was then appointed the administrator and commenced uh, with my duties on that day uh, for a period of 12 months. Um, subsequent to that, uh, um, some of the 
erstwhile accounting authority members led by Mr. Webster Febe uh, took the minister to court uh, challenging the, the suspension of the board um, and the appointment of the administrator. Um, and on the, on the 25th of February uh, 2020, uh, the court uh, found against the minister um, on the matter, uh, setting aside the suspension of the accounting authority, uh, setting aside the administration, setting aside the appointment of the administrator, uh, setting aside the letter uh, which was barring the accounting authority from taking the decisions with financial implications which the minister issued in December. Um, this had uh, caused a, a huge delay um, on my role as the administrator um, because we are away for, for three weeks uh, after that judgment um, until the minister had uh, 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 appealed the judgment. As it stands, uh, Chair, the matter is now at the Labour Appeals Court. Uh, the minister had petitioned the chairperson of, of the church president of the of the Labour Appeals Court, uh, and we are waiting for um, uh, for 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 the decision of that court um, as it stands. Chair, this is just. A, I'm not going to go through this slide. Um, it's just to talk, uh, just to share with the committee members um, the the mandate of the administrator, um, which is premised on four areas, broad areas: uh, governance, um, uh, forensic investigations, uh, strategic compliance matters, uh, organizational stability, and and uh, and order. Um, I'm sure that uh, members would have taken time to look at that slide. Chair, if I may start with the first question relating to pension and salary increase dispute. Um, the main issue, Chair, here is that as we're starting to deal um, with the matters, um, unfortunately, um, this court uh, uh, judgment came out and uh, we had this delay of three weeks. And as we came back, um, the, the minister, uh, before petitioning the, the, the judge president of the Labour Appeals Court, had applied for, um, for a leave to appeal. And the very same judge who handed down the judgment on the 25th had turned that down, which also had a little bit of a delay because we are away for a couple of days again uh, until the minister uh, petitioned the judge president of the Labour Appeals Court. So as we came back uh, from that, uh, then COVID-19 hit. Uh, uh, but uh, during that process, um, we had been engaging with the union and how, and I have met with them not less than 10 times, uh, dealing with the very same matter. Um, and at the moment, uh, we are in the process uh, of uh, um, engaging forensic investigators uh, to look into the matter, look at the, at the culpability. Um, uh, and we also are dealing with all the HR processes um, relating to that matter. Um, I just got a word yesterday um, that uh, now Treasury uh, is allowing us to tender again because during the at the lockdowns uh, level five and level four, 
um, Treasury had uh, stopped all entities uh, and departments uh, from procuring. Um, and now I'm told that with uh, the announcement of level three, um, we will be allowed again to uh, to tender. And as soon as, as uh, that kicks in on the 1st of June, we will be able to go out on tender and, and get the services of forensic investigators to assist us uh, with some of these matters. Um, Chair, with regard to um, the uh, consequence management implemented against employees, um, there were two um, employees that were on suspension and the other one was dismissed. And after the meeting of the 26th of November, um, these uh, employees were, were brought back um, and uh, they were, the matters were settled with them. Uh, by the time that I took over um, as the administrator, there was only one uh, employee who was on suspension and uh, she was the uh, manager, senior manager, HR, um, who was suspended because she was said to have um, leaked the salary um, information, uh, which caused um, a, a lot of disruptions because employees uh, got hold of that, got hold of that information, and they saw how um, uh, different salaries were um, in the organization. And uh, I had uh, I had brought that person back, uh, Chairperson, because I thought that um, instead of uh, um, uh, suspending and, and disciplining that person. Um, we should really deal with the uh, issues that came out of the information that she shared. Uh, it might have been um, undesirable that she shared, uh, shared it with the way that uh, she shared it. But what is important for me is that we deal with the, with the outcomes of, of that sharing. And, and clearly there were problems that we, we, we needed to deal with, which I am uh, dealing with Chepesin uh, very vigorously. Uh, Chad, also, um, I found two reports uh, in the organization. One was the NSA report and the other was Koboto um, a report, a forensic investigation report, um, which um, led to me suspending 10 employees, uh, one executive, uh, the only executive that I found in the organization, which is the CFO. Um, as well as a couple of senior managers and managers, middle managers, uh, because they were heavily implicated in both those reports on supply chain management matters. Um, very serious matters, uh, if I may add, uh, Chair. Um, however, the disruptions that I've already mentioned had uh, caused delays in the uh, disciplinary uh, processes of those officials. Uh, however, these matters are going to be quickly dispensed with once we are allowed to hold disciplinary hearings because uh, the judge president had suspended all disciplinary uh, processes. As soon as we are allowed again to pursue these disciplinary processes, we will uh, quickly dispense with these matters because I am adamant that these matters um, be uh, dealt with internally and that we don't involve lawyers because they are going to drag these matters for months and, and years on end. I've also suspended a senior manager finance uh, recently um, for a number of, of issues, uh, Chair. 
some of which was the uh, uh, payments um, that were made in December and mass and uh, without um, a proper authority um, and, and all of that. Um, so, so uh, but we are still busy investigating some of other matters relating to that. The last matter, Chair, um, is the um, uh, outcome of an in independent investigation into the meeting held in Deben by the accounting authority, um, which is said uh, to have taken a decision on the 100% pension contribution and, and the 15% once of salary increase. Uh, Chair, this matter um, also is, is part of those that would be uh, subjected to forensic investigation for the simple reason that um, I, had, I had obtained all the documentation recordings of this meeting, uh, some of the affidavits that were said to have been deposed by um, uh, members who attended uh, the meeting in question. And uh, all these matters are contradicting each other. Uh, I had uh, seen the minutes, and the minutes are not talking uh, about this matter at all. Um, and also, I have listened to the recordings. Uh, the recording uh, also does not uh, uh, deal with this matter. However, there are two members um, of the accounting authority who had deposed affidavit saying that they have attended the meeting and these matters were discussed and agreed to uh, in the meeting. And that's why the chairperson signed um, the letter authorizing these increases um, and so on. Uh, but the chairperson, as you know, um, and the members, that um, he had denied this uh, uh, in the committee that he had signed this letter. And he said that uh, his signature was forged. And that is another matter that then requires um, maybe a, um, a, a, an expert in, in handwriting analysis and so on uh, to check as to whether that uh, signature um, is, is authentic or not. And also um, a forensic analysis would have to be done on the recordings of this meeting. Uh, to establish as to whether these recording might not have been doctored um, to reveal a particular narrative. Uh, Chair, this is just an agenda of the administration, uh, which I'm not going to talk to. Um, it's just for, for information purposes, just to um, share with the members of the committee that this is what we are intending to do uh, during the period of, 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 the, invest, of, of the administration. Uh, in conclusion, I would not have uh, um, uh, finished this presentation without talking to the effects of uh, COVID-19 uh, and, and other matters on CETA finances. Um, Chair, as you know that uh, the other colleagues from other CETAs have already spoken to the four months uh, SDL holiday, um, which uh, means uh, to us uh, 210, 000, uh, 210 million rand uh, loss on, on revenue. Um, and uh, <clears throat> Chair, these things, uh, 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 this COVID-19 comes at a time when uh, the construction center was already struggling uh, with collecting um, skills development levies um, for a number of reasons. 
but for the whole of the 2018-19 financial year, there was not a single month that we were able to raise the revenue um, as, as estimated uh, in the budget. Uh, for all those months, we have been falling short of, of that. Um, and now the, the COVID-19 comes and, and it has put a further strain on the finances of the, of the organization. Uh, further to this, Chair, we are a bit worried about the grant regulations judgment, uh, which we don't know where it is now, um, because our budget is based on uh, 20%, uh, paying 20% on mandatory grants, and the judgment said we must go back to 50%. So if we do go back to 50%, uh, we are in trouble, uh, Chair, in terms of our planning. With regard to COVID-19, Chair, um, uh, and our interventions, um, at the moment it's a bit difficult to quantify uh, how much uh, we will end up uh, paying um, on programs that are related directly to COVID-19. However, um, we know exactly what it is that needed, that needed to be done um, in this regard. Um, and we have been doing it. Um, uh, as, as the president announced the level five um, uh, in March, um, we, we paid um, uh, stipends for April, anticipating that learners will not be able to attend classes. Um, so we paid and uh, we also paid the uh, training providers uh, so that uh, they don't uh, struggle and that by the time that we go back to training, we no longer have training providers available to run our programs. And we continued uh, when the, the uh, levels, I mean, where lockdown was extended uh, in May um, uh, and we paid without any training having taken place. Uh, we also are uh, busy now, Chair, uh, preparing for, for the reopening. And, and also that is attracting a lot of, uh, uh, of costs uh, relating to uh, buying PPE for, for learners, uh, 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 subsidizing training providers to get um, extra uh, uh, training facilities uh, or to pay uh, extra time for, uh, for, for um, facilitators, uh, also subsidizing employers um, uh, for learners, for our learners who are on practical training, um, and also we are making provisions for uh, buying laptops for learners that we are giving bursaries um, at uh, institutions of higher learning so that they are not left behind um, as they study online. Um, so we 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 are dealing with all of those, uh, Chair, um, and as as. Uh, uh, Mr. Sibia had said earlier on that nobody had planned uh, uh, COVID-19 and it is going to have a, a huge impact on our finances. But we are, we, we are trying our best uh, to redirect resources um, so that we are able to, to deal with the matters of COVID-19. And that is our presentation, Chair. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very okay. much. Just switch off the... Okay. Um, 
you can uh, take off your your screen okay uh, thank you very much uh, we will now take questions uh, from the members uh, let's just get an indication on the screen who wants to speak uh, okay as as always members uh, you can just raise your hand on the on the system here okay i've got the uh, honorable kids uh, honorable sibia um honorable litsie Data. Honorable Pozzoli. Honorable Mukacho. Um, is that all? Yeah, it looks like uh, that's all the names that I have. So we will start with the uh, Honorable Kietzi, uh, followed by Sibia and Litsie, in that order. Honorable Kietzi. Uh, thank you very much, Abbasen. Uh, so this is just a follow-up uh, a meeting is not necessarily a meeting chair so we're just going to go to specifics right uh, well my focus will primarily deal with services CETA and maybe to invite the community to apply their common sense knowledge uh, when when one is looking from far who wouldn't be privileged to understand some of these things right so we have learned that the minister have put uh, the construction theater uh, under administration and amongst other issues it was the 12 million uh, irregular expenditure found by the ag right now we have services theater on the other hand that has almost a billion rand of irregular expenditure that is that is that is on record right and i can see they tried to break it down and uh, in, in an attempt to try to simplify it and it they thought it would look better in our eyes when it, it is fragmented in that nature but the argument here is how do you leave a, a, a an institution or a CETA that has misused funds such so bad i mean when you look at 900 and something million that's a lot of money too not even place them under administration and i mean if you ask me i'm going to start uh, questioning the you know the biasness um, around who appoints and who uh, you know you know who appoints these members of of accounting authorities because it doesn't make sense what is what 
what is it that they are doing special services CETA to deserve uh, continuing to serve that particular institution, right? Number two, on services CETA, I did not get sufficient uh, explanation, maybe, with regard to the qualifications of all members of the board. I mean, the executives, almost everyone there has a problem of qualification. I mean, I would, I would, I would have sympathy if it was only one or two, even, even though we're still going to have a problem. But almost everyone there does, does not qualify, or rather they, they were just employed or appointed without uh, reaching or uh, you know reaching minimum requirements i think that is a very big issue that needs to be attended to it can't be that we are only you know be presented to something that is modified that these were the requirements at the beginning no the requirements have always been masters so if you do not have masters we look for someone else i mean the ceo comes and see, she says uh, the advert was out there it was in public everyone was able to see it and i imagine how many potential you know minds of students or you know graduates who have masters who could ordinarily qualify for that particular post for us to go fish for someone that we are going to modify their results when we have to present in front of the people i think that is very problematic and it needs to be dealt with accordingly and you look at this cfo i mean it's it's bad it's bad uh, I, I still have a problem i think minister need to uh, relook into this and take a vigorous decision in that regard uh, i think uh, with regard to w wnr i it's, it's i don't have much to say uh, rather than you know appreciating what they are doing and uh, the honesty they reflected when they were answering some of these questions because if you start not to be honest with the public, because you are not speaking to us, you are speaking to the public. The moment you are you are dishonest, it becomes a problem. Like someone who said uh, there were no problems at a certain a services center, but that person has a bodyguard. I mean, wh what are you saying? If there they, they were no problems, why would you have a bodyguard? So those are ki the kind of uh, reporting that we really disapprove as members of parliament remember it's the public who are representing not just ourselves uh, with that being said chairperson this is not a, a, a new meeting as you have always mentioned i would like to pause there thank you very much okay thank you very much uh, honorable severe mom severe thank you chairperson yeah hello am i audible Yes, we can hear you quiet. Okay, thanks, Chairperson. Thanks for the presentation. Uh, and um, services, Sita, uh, I'm not clear about consequences management for SCM irregularities. I'm not clear on it. If you can repeat it, what, what, what consequences have been taken? And WNR uh, Sita, uh, I'm not clear about 78 implicated uh, employees. What has been done with all those em employees? Uh, I'm covered on the issue of qualifications. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Mamsbia. Uh, Honorable Gates. Uh, let's see, sorry. 
Honorable Litsie. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Um, just on a lighter note, I want to indicate that I've, I'll also be uh, mm -hmm. taking questions uh, or uh, posing questions from uh, Honorable Mananisu, uh, who just uh, WhatsApped them to me. <coughs> um, thanks, Chair, uh, for the opportunity. I think, um, uh, like uh, Honorable Kietzi just said, this is not a new meeting, this is a, a follow-up meeting. Today is what, the 26th of May, exactly mm -hmm. six months ago, uh, on the 26th of November in Cape Town, we met with uh, these institutions uh, mm -hmm. in Parliament. And <clears throat> we posed them direct questions, uh, and because we did not have time, they could not respond to us, and we asked them to respond uh, via writing. And indeed, they did uh, respond to us. I think uh, Construction CETA responded uh, on the 7th or the 8th, I'll just double check. Uh, the Services CETA responded to us on the 13th of, or on the 12th, because we got the email, the responses on the 13th of uh, December at 11.06 a.m. Chairperson, <clears throat> uh, I want to go straight into maybe with the first uh, presentation of <clears throat> the services center and point out uh, number one that uh, they are either not telling us the truth now uh, or they do not tell us the truth in their written responses, uh, the ones we, re we received on the 13th of, of December. Uh, 2019. <clears throat> on, question, on the 13th of December last year, in their responses, uh, uh, responses number three, uh, they covered uh, the issue of qualifications, allegations of uh, qualifications. And uh, on the, the CFO, who was number two after the CEO, <clears throat> they are Responses say on the minimum requirement as per, as per skills audit column, uh, it says that uh, the, the requirement were masters or equivalent. Mm -hmm. On this one, uh, on again on, on the second column, uh, they've changed. Uh, this is the same uh, 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 question uh, asked to the same entity. And we're getting two different answers, Chairperson. So it means uh, they're misleading uh, Parliament. They are not funded. They have given us two different answers on the same thing. On the same. The second one, Chairperson, is that it is interesting to see that all of these people, these executive uh, managers, uh, from the CEO. CFO, executive in the office of the CEO, executive planning, um, yeah, uh, all of them did not reach the, uh, did not meet the minimum requirement, the academic minimum requirement. Uh, they may have um, met them on experience, but on academic uh, requirements, none of them met uh, such. It's only this one, executive of core business, uh, who, had, uh, who had the masters at the time. Uh, they sent us these things. Uh, but the rest did not have the masters as per 
uh, their own advert. Um, and I want us to to note that part, Chairperson. That is the the second the second point. <clears throat> the NSA report, because the CEO touched on the NSA report. The NSA report uh, was released in in September 2018, um, and I, 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 we obviously went through uh, the recommendations there. Uh, but before the recommendation, the NSA report makes uh, points that all of these people that they are that they were investigating uh, did not meet the academic. Um, um, requirements as per uh, the adverts themselves. I wanted to ask, how far are we implementing uh, the NSA report recommendations and on this one and other points? Second, on the NSA report, the NSA report says uh, on the, maybe they made a mistake as the CEO says, uh, mm -hmm. because on the CFO, <clears throat> the NSA report was released in 2018, the CFO was there, I think from 2017, according to to the report, um, the, the the NSA report puts Miss um, <clears throat> Mota as uh, as the CFO, which, according to their own reports and records, that can be true. Uh, is the C Town records uh, saying that the NSA report made a mistake there? Uh, um, and I want to suggest to Chairperson that maybe we must bring the NSA, uh, we must put them into this quarter's program as a matter of agents. Uh, I know on Friday it might be too early uh, because we no longer have that meeting, uh, but uh, we, must find a, we must find space and, and put question based on the responses we are going to get <coughs> from, from these uh, colleagues of ours. Um, the last slide on the report, on the presentation, says um, uh, on, on the strengthening of uh, SCM things there, internal mm -hmm. SCM uh, uh, processes. Mm -hmm. uh, the last slide and the last line, they say the bid committee went for training, uh, I think with the University of <coughs> To the University of Pretoria, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very intrigued and interested about the 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 dates given there, Chairperson. Um, as with the University of Pretoria, it says they went to training for, from the 25th to the 27th, the 25th to the 27th of December, 2019. Uh, did they also make a mistake there, or really training took place in? on Christmas Day, uh, when we're busy uh, uh, celebrating uh, other things. As uh, uh, SCM people there, the bid committee went to training um, <clears throat> on Christmas Day, Christmas Day at the University of Pretoria. Um, so Chaperson, I think uh, I might be, uh, you know, I don't want to waste time on, on other things. I think uh, honorable members covered me well. Uh, on those on those on those <coughs> uh, issues as, uh, raised by the second one WNR CETA <coughs> maybe this one might be just a general one to all the CETAs are you paying uh, your learners currently 
all of them, are they, are they getting their stipend as per the directive issued by the minister uh, last month? Are all learners uh, getting stipends? Um, because I know I've received some complaints from uh, some learners who say in in last month they got paid 350 rands uh, who were part of the services center. Uh, they got paid 350 rands instead of their normal um, the normal stipends. Uh, maybe the last one on the services center. Uh, there's a general feeling uh, by those uh, learners that uh, since you uh, moved, since you terminated the contract of uh, those ones, uh, I remember I forgot their, their company, Sam Reed, Grayson Grace Reed, I think, Grayson Reed uh, company, uh, which you had given them a tender to pay stipends to these learners. Uh, the general feeling is that since that uh, has moved in-house, um, um, there seems to be uh, some problems, uh, you know, with with their stipends. I know there are some who are saying they've not been paid in February and March and all of those ones, but uh, I think Chairperson will, will just have to send them directly to the CETA to deal with them, and they can give us uh, um, the responses. On the appointment of that new unit at the CETA uh, of paying stipends. How did you uh, source those people uh, who are now paying? There? Did you advertise? Uh, if so, where are the adverts uh, on these things? <clears throat> um, on WNR CETA, mm -hmm. uh, you are saying you are going to move 70, 74 million. Um, uh, from skills development, if I heard you correctly, uh, to SMME or COVID relief fund, and uh, that will go to SMMEs and spaza shops. Um, why are you moving it from skills development, and what impact will that have uh, on skills development generally, even after COVID, and um, on spaza uh, on, on the issue of you say you are going to give them. <clears throat> the SMME and spaza shops. Um, are you going to give to all spaza shops? I mean, I'm sure we all know that in South Africa, majority of spaza, spaza shops are not owned by South Africans. Is this COVID relief going to also cover uh, our people from the diaspora and, and, and outside outside the uh, the country? On a construction center. Um, <clears throat> the first question is: There's a there's a program that you guys are running in in Orange Farm uh, with SAWIC, South African Women in Construction, <clears throat> and uh, uh, I received complaints from some of the people there complaining that they've not been paid uh, since December. Uh, how far are you with uh, resolving those matters? Uh, because in March, when they sent me their letter here, their complaint, uh, they indicated that, uh, that they've not been paid from December. Uh, I tried to make uh, contact with one of them today uh, just to find out I could not get them. Uh, but 
they have not been paid. What are the issues? Is is this uh, SAWIT the only program that is not paying the learners? Uh, and if not, uh, why are we not efficient in paying uh, learners? I know most of the problems with the CITAS chairperson is that they, you know, they are still stuck in the second industrial revolution. <coughs> they are um, paying stipends based on attendance registers received a uh, manual, you know. Um, they're signing attendance registers like when you and I, Chairperson, used to go to school, used to enter and uh, the teacher will ask them how present and they will tick. So I, the problem with most of our teachers is because they're doing this thing. They've not um, moved to the fourth industrial I'm, I'm sure they will only move there when we're in the seventh industrial revolution, which, which is a pain. So the new um, uh, accounting authorities, the new CETA boards, please look into uh, modernizing uh, your CETAs, move into uh, that space of uh, the ICT. I had uh, <clears throat> uh, the WLR CETA CEO uh, speaking, you know, uh, just by uh, pissing another into, into these matters. I think uh, <clears throat> also on construction CETA chairperson, uh, Honorable Gates covers it well. At one, uh, the construct, construction CETA board has been suspended uh, on uh, allegations of um, uh, bargaining uh, that 15% increase uh, that was paid, <coughs> uh, but also uh, to the irregular spendage of about 12 million. It's a lot of money. Uh, but in context, when you compare to others, it looks like uh, it was not much. So to the department, uh, why put this one uh, uh, into uh, under administration, and then you leave others uh, who have um, a far bigger uh, amount according to the auditor general? Why are you? Why are those ones uh, not touched? <coughs> um, the, uh, also on, on, on the construction city chairperson, the former CEO came to, to that meeting of the 26th of um, November. And we also said she must uh, write to us, uh, chairperson. I've not seen it. I've not seen anything written by her uh, and providing proof. She said when she was speaking there that she will uh, provide uh, a proof as well. Uh, you can, can you still hear me, Jefferson? I think the screen just went scary on me. No, we can still hear you. Thank you very much. See so then, the, uh, get towards uh, closer. Yes. Now I'm moving towards closer. Chair. From from this point, I'll be towards closer. So uh, the the former CEO uh, said that uh, she will give us uh, bargaining proof. Have we received any of, of, of that? And on a construction CETA, uh, if you have, you are constituting, I heard that you said you are constituting forensic uh, invest, forensic investigation. What, what will be the terms of reference for this? Because I'm interested in that. Will the terms of reference also cover uh, uh, the, the, 
the, the former CEO uh, who signed uh, the 15% increase and the 100% salary don't uh, do So are we also go or are we just concentrating uh, on the, the meeting itself or the, the meeting that is alleged to have happened in Deben and uh, uh, and what the last one on the construction center? <clears throat> there are uh, rumors uh, when I uh, administrator that your 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 company you have a company uh, called Ntumba um, that is now doing business with uh, with the construction center since we came back. Is this true? Um, um, so it's, is is this true uh, uh, that you you have brought in your own company to to do to do business after the first uh, court case court case yeah um, um, is it true that you also when when the court dismissed the decision of the minister is it true that uh, you you locked uh, the offices of construction seats and refused the former board members uh, from uh, entering the buildings and um, performing their duties as they were installed by the erstwhile um, uh, board, uh, board, uh, board, board, the previous board. I think, Chairperson, uh, there's one, I'm just forgetting it now. There's one I wanted to ask oh, to the department, sorry, Chairperson, I think I've uh, I remembered it, to the department, DDG, uh, this, <clears throat> um, I heard that we are now, the department is now uh, appealing to the highest court in, you know, in that space of yours. Uh, who is paying for uh, this uh, fees and how much are they uh, coming from, um, uh, Chairperson? I think, uh, let, me, let me pause there, Chairperson. Okay, uh, can we get honorable note data? Uh, good evening, uh, everybody. Uh, Chair, I don't know if you can hear me. We can hear you, but we can't see you. Just, yeah, we can see you now. Okay, Go ahead. sure. No, thank you, Chair. Um, and uh, thanks for all the presentations. Obviously, this is a follow-up from our meeting in, in November, Chair. Um, I've got uh, general questions and very specific questions. I'll try to keep it uh, uh, very short. Uh, the general questions to all the CETAs, the first one would be, um, what is the status of implementing consequence management um, on the specific issues on the Gawado report and the NSA uh, report? I know there were mentions of, uh, you know, suspended employees and all those other things, but I would like to get... Um, more specific, particularly uh, from uh, uh, services CETA uh, on consequence management. And then the second general question is, um, how many of the issues have been resolved to date? So, so there were specific issues that were identified, there were specific recommendations made by the portfolio committee, um, and the minister weighed in on these issues. I wanted to check uh, how many issues have been specifically uh, resolved, um, and those that are outstanding um, what is the mitigating strategy for it? Then, in terms of um, CETA, uh, construction CETA, I wanted to check 
Um, there has been concerns obviously raised against the chairperson regarding the tender of uh, learner tablets uh, and the procurement of land, um, as well as um, the biometric system for learners. I wanted to check in terms of that, um, what, um, what investigation has been done on that particular issue? Has there been a, a particular resolution on the issue? Um, and then on services CETA, the allegations um, of supply chain irregularities and the improper conduct of the chairperson, what has been done, what has been done regarding that particular issue? And then lastly, just to the DDG, the services CETA reports to us here that the reason the, the 800 and get the right figure, the 849 million that is part of the 1.1 billion irregular expenditure that is still being ex expedited by the Department of Education and Training. Can you maybe guide us in terms of um, what the um, what is the result uh, in, in terms of that particular issue uh, that the AG had reported uh, to us on? Um, and what is the status in terms of resolving that particular issue or instituting consequence management um, and the decision that has been taken around that 849 um, million uh, as part of the irregular expenditure. Thank you, Chairperson. Okay, thank you very much, Honorable Nodata. Um, can we get uh, Honorable Pozzoli? Thank you, Chair. Um, <clears throat> the whole picture is really shocking, isn't it? Um, corruption, irregular expenditure, theft, um, board members not doing what they're supposed to do, CEOs not doing what they're supposed to do, uh, litigation in court uh, that doesn't lead anywhere. Um, it, it's the same picture that you've seen in the CETAs for years, ever since they were formed, actually. Um, they have been corrupt and ineffective organisations. And it, it, it's really shocking. There are many things one can look at, the details of all that went wrong and, and all is continuing to go wrong. Um, but one of the things that we need to focus on really is who's to blame for all of this? Who is to actually blame for years upon years? I remember the construction seater years ago going through this sort of thing. And what you end up doing in, in, in these seaters is you end up ha having um, Corruption, corruption is uh, or inefficiency is exposed. An administrator is put in. The administrator has a turnaround strategy. The turnaround strategy doesn't work because the next board that comes in is as bad as the last board. They then have another turnaround strategy. Another administrator is brought in and he then has a third turnaround strategy. So in the end, you're actually spinning around, doing turning around, turning around, turning around. So you don't know which way you're facing. And the whole organization really is, is a mess. And this is seriously the kind of thing that we're seeing in these seats. Perpetual um, disruption and dysfunction and corruption and theft. And this is all to the disadvantage of learners who are meant to be being taught skills. The whole point of a CETA is to teach skills to, to people who, who need jobs. And they're not doing that. They're not actually teaching skills. 
Um, many of them are just giving money away to um, small businesses, or, or we hear today spaza shops. Not for not for skills education, just because you know they feel sorry for them. They're becoming charities. So um, just to to let the portfolio committee know that. Um, you know, I have developed an alternative vision for the CETAs, which would include channeling the money of the CETAs towards the TVET colleges so that they can be better funded and that the training that the CETAs offer and pay for can be properly done and properly certificated because it's not properly certificated at the moment and um, and taught at, at, at a decent level and it would also help the TVET colleges. So really, going on and on with these these failing seaters seems to me to be a waste of time. But anyway, having said all that, let me just move to the question of who is to blame. Now, often you find somebody who stole is disciplined, and if you're lucky, somebody might actually be taken to court, which is very rare. Um, I don't think people like actually punishing people who've, who've done illegal things. Um, <clears throat> but nothing is ever done about the boards, the boards and the, and, and the senior people who oversee <clears throat> this terrible corruption um, and failure. And um, the example that I want to take is um, the WR CETA. How long has this period of decay been going on? The description that is given here by the, um, the new CEO of decay and ineffectiveness is really horrifying. And I'd like to know how long it's been going on for. And one of the reasons why is because I looked up how much the board is being paid to manage that CETA. And in previous years, there are board members there who were paid 450,000 rand a year to sit on that board. And, and they are people who allowed the CETA to decay into absolutely in, in, ineffectiveness. So to me, the, the boards are the great unexposed guilty parties in this whole mess. And I would like a serious answer from the WRC as to how long the new CEO thinks that the decay went on for. Because I think whoever was on the board and was getting paid half a million rand a year for, for doing that uh, needs to be called to account for overseeing this mess. Um, just to move to the, the, the services CETA, can I just say that I found the presentation extremely vague, very rushed, and glossing over the important questions that the portfolio committee asked. The questions are, neat, are, are, are neatly listed at the beginning of the presentation. Five questions were asked, but to my ear, only one of those questions was actually answered, which was that, um, which was the first one. All the others, we got rushed, garbled answers that didn't seem to me to actually get to the the point of the questions. So that that one point something billion rand that has been irregularly spent, we never really got a sense of what has actually happened to it um, and who is actually going to be called to account for it. 
The WR CETA, I thought we got a very uh, impressive presentation from the new CEO. And please God that he remains and manages to implement all the things that he is trying to implement, many of which are things that should be there in any organization, but they're not there in the WR CETA. Um, and, you know, that goes back to my original question of how long was it, was it like that? Um, so I believe that the WRC, there is hope for them um, under, under new management, um, but I, 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 we, we will have to wait and see. As far as the construction CETA goes, I mean, I've been getting reports about the construction CETA and corruption therein for at least six years. Um, and um, really, this presentation wasn't any more reassuring than those that we had in previous times. What we really were presented with was a picture of the, the CETA fighting within itself, the unions fighting with the minister, fighting with the the, the administrator, um, and generally nobody being able to move forward in any way at all. And also, I felt the administrator's presentation really lost us on the detail that he gave us. He gave us two slides which were so detailed they were unreadable. So I'm not sure what the point of them was. Was it to impress us that he knew a lot of detail, but we didn't have to worry about it? That's not the way to convince a portfolio committee that what you're doing is really uh, on point and, and, and getting there. So the, the WRCTA, I felt, looked promising. The other two CETAs seemed to me to be in as much a mess as they were when we started, um, and when they were started, which is about 20 years ago now. And, um, and, and I really despair for these, for these organizations. They really are almost beyond hope. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Pozo. Uh, can we... Can we go to uh, Honorable Mukacha? You'll be the last. Um, thank you very much, Chair. Am I audible? Yes, we can hear you. Just uh, switch on your camera. Um, okay, I am trying to do that. Can you see me? Not yet. Okay. Um, I have turned it on. Um, I, I don't yeah. know why it's not going on, but I have turned it on. So I'll just continue if that's okay with you. We can see you now. Proceed. Okay, great. Um, thank you very much, Chair. Um, and thank you very much to um, all, the, all those that have presented to us today. Chair, um, I guess one must just uh, reiterate what members of the Portfolio Committee have said with regards to um, the importance of resolving all the issues that we find within uh, the CETA program. Um, and to perhaps to the department as well, to say that they, they, there needs to be an increased deliberate in, uh, uh, intent to try and um, bring back the dignity of what is meant to be achieved through the CETA program. And I think um, this is basically something similar to what I said last week already. Um, Chair, to the services CETA, um, I, I'd like a bit, you know, further clarity um, as to all 
to be brought into confidence um, on, on, on how they will deliberately work towards ensuring that they champion um, what they intend to do in terms of restoring good governance and management within um, the services CETA. Chair, towards the construction CETA, um, they said, if I'm not mistaken, that there were employees that were brought back, but there was no consequence management. However, there, there was some sort of conversation that was had to say, you know, um, uh, what, what has been done uh, incorrectly must not occur again and sort of boosting the morale of of the staff. I don't know, maybe I've, I've misheard that. Um, I'd like to ask what the effectiveness of that is um, when, we, we, when we don't necessarily remove, um, you know, uh, the, the rot from um, the, the particular space. I think um, individuals ought to be given um, fair opportunity, of course, to um, rehabilitate themselves. But, um, you know, looking at how our seaters have been struggling in terms of governance and management and just them being able to fulfill their targets or meet their targets, um, I, I don't know, Chair, if, um, if, if, if that particular approach is effective, um, but maybe um, the comrade or oh, the, the, the colleagues from the construction seat bring us to confidence. With regards to the WR CETA, I'm very um, uh, uh, I'm very interested in seeing um, the the implementation, the successful implementation of the turnaround strategy, um, in hoping that um, they'll be able to mitigate the reoccurrence of the particular challenges that have been faced by by the WNR CETA. Um, and, and that's about it from my, for my side, Chair, because by and large, I've been covered by Honorable Lizia and other members. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, uh, uh, Honorable Mukacha. You can now turn off your screen, if you so wish. Okay, those are the questions. Uh, I just have a few from my side, uh, which I would like to share and to pose to the three entities that we are dealing with today. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> with regard to the former CEO, uh, Ms. Pelusa, um, we, in the meeting in November last year, she came together with the, the unions and other people to make presentation. Following that, there was a, a letter that we received from uh, Mr. Mfewe, uh, who was in the board that was dissolved, making allegations that Ms. Pilusa misled Parliament. So we requested Mrs. Pilusa to uh, respond to those those allegations. Uh, I think 30 minutes before we started this meeting, I saw a response from Ms. Pelusa, which I think I will uh, I'll share with all the members, uh, refuting the allegations uh, against her. But she also continues to confirm what she told us uh, in November, uh, that the organization for which uh, Mr. Mfebe is the CEO suspect has been receiving millions of rents from, uh, uh, from CETA as a result of the placement of some interns there for mentorship and for all other things. 
Um, <clears throat> now, this, these allegations are concerning, of course. Uh, given that she's willing to make these allegations under oath, um, and I would request that uh, these allegations must also be investigated thoroughly as part of uh, the investigations that the administrator is uh, uh, is talking to. The second issue is the the Devon meeting. Now the administrator says that there's a couple of affidavits uh, and so forth. Uh, most of which confirms that there was that meeting which took place and there was a resolution uh, that was uh, that was uh, taken there. But because uh, some of the matters requires uh, some forensics, some uh, signature experts and so forth, uh, there is an indication that the administrator would want to appoint uh, somebody to investigate. Now, if I may say, <clears throat> this is at the heart of the troubles that are besetting currently the CETA. The issue of the pension uh, contribution, the issue of the salary increase, the 15% salary increase, is directly the result of the Devon meeting. Now, I would like to urge uh, the administrator to make sure that at the top of the agenda of the person to be investigated must be this issue of the Devon meeting. Well, I do accept that probably you need some independent investigation, forensic and so forth. Uh, but I can tell you where I'm sitting, you just need a certified affidavits by all those who attended that meeting so that they can account for what happened in that meeting. But maybe let's give it the benefit of the doubt and allow that process that uh, the administrator uh, <clears throat> says that uh, there is a need to appoint a forensic investigation to look at that matter so that this matter can just be put to rest now, there was a decision that we were told about which caused a lot of consternation in the organization about, uh, what do they call it, uh, uh, stop, what, what, and payback, desist and pay, something like that, where <clears throat> just uh, uh, in the middle of uh, discussions that were taking place, the board then decided that the employees' uh, salaries will be deducted to pay back that which the board claims was not due to them. Now, it caused a lot of problems. I would like to find out from this, from the administrator, how far is that, whether they're still continuing or they're waiting for the forensic investigation to confirm whether there was no board decision, there was a um, so what was implemented was a fictitious letter from the uh, from the CEO. Because I can tell you that that the unions were very emphatic to say that was a negotiated um, agreement that they signed with the employer's representative, which was then endorsed by the board. 
And then all of a sudden, uh, the board just made a U-turn on that. <clears throat> uh, the other issue, I think, is the Gobodo report. There are a number of allegations there, but of, of interest to me, which is a matter that the, the, the forensic report recommends further investigation, is the question of uh, the procurement of the CETA head office. Uh, construction CETA head office. Now, I would like uh, to get a response from the administrator. I know that is new. Uh, I would like to find out uh, what does he intend to do to follow up these allegations that uh, was raised by the Kobodo investigation. In fact, I think it must be followed and uh, we need a, a report on how the construction CETA has uh, implemented this co-order report on all the other allegations, including those that were raised by Honorable Nodad. And my last uh, point on construction CETA. Now, in the meeting of the 29th of November, uh, the unions uh, made some uh, very startling allegations there that there are three executives uh, who uh, sort of call them accomplices because uh, the board denies that, uh, the former board denies that there was ever that decision, who are accomplices in the pension and uh, salary increases. But the others' actions were taken against them, but these three executives, there was nothing that was done to them. Uh, in stage, there was a two million bonus that was paid to this executive. I would like to find out from the CEO, uh, from the administrator whether he's following up this uh, and uh, what is his uh, findings in as far as that allegation is concerned. And then there was also an allegation by the former CEO as well as the the unions, <clears throat> that there was a, a law firm that was used there called Bergmans. Uh, now, there are eight opinions that were issued by Bergmans attorneys, and the allegation is that uh, there's been a revision of uh, the opinion eight times. Now, I'd like to find out whether that is true or whether that is still a subject of further investigation by the administrator. Now, on the uh, services uh, uh, CETA, I, I do note that uh, there was an attempt to speak to the issues regarding uh, the allegations which were made on irregularities and irregular uh, expenditure, uh, but I, I, I'm still not convinced uh, by those uh, uh, explanations, Chair. <clears throat> the NSA report, uh, which the CEO was also making reference to, now says that there's been irregularities and the massive inflation of the tenders for the construction of uh, the, the skills academies. Uh, 
in Kokstad and in Moteo and other, another one, I can't remember which was the other one. Uh, and the, the report recommends that there must be further investigation so that the quantity surveyors can also come in uh, and so forth, so that that matter can be, can be investigated. But it also says that there was a claim that the, the, the Minister of Higher Education and Training uh, made a request that there must be an increase in the quantities, uh, whatever, during the construction of those projects. And the NSA says they've not received uh, a letter from the minister as purported. Now, uh, that matter has not been spoken to by the by the services sitter as part of responding comprehensively to uh, to the allegations. Uh, now, <clears throat> uh, I'm a bit worried uh, about the inconsistencies as claimed by Honorable Litsie, that the responses that we received in December are different to the responses that we are receiving today in relation to the issue of uh, of uh, qualifications and I would like that that matter be clarified and if needs be I think uh, we should have a follow-up where we can then be presented with the evidentiary document which uh, uh, confirms the submissions that have been made today and lastly on the WRCTA <coughs> Um, I must tell you, I'm very worried about uh, the stance that has been taken by the board, whether the new or the previous board, to basically um, uh, cancel uh, all the disciplinary cases or not to proceed with all the disciplinary cases. So basically the board sort of gave a blanket uh, indemnity uh, to all the 76 employees who were mentioned in those forensic reports. I'm, I'm, I can tell you that I'm extremely worried about that stance uh, for a number of reasons. I don't think uh, we have been convinced by the reasons that we have been given. Maybe let me just refer to the reasons uh, which the board says are the basis for them to to take that decision. The first reason is the the time lapse since the commissioning of the forensic audit. Uh, the second one is a the principle of justice delay is justice denied and the issue of double jeopardy. I don't know where double jeopardy comes in because double jeopardy uh, implies that if somebody has gone through the DC and then you take that person through for the same allegations. But what we know is that no one has been taken through 
the DC process. So the issue of double jeopardy, I don't know how it comes in here. And uh, the other issue is the lack of evidence due to inadequate HR record keeping. I mean, I don't know what evidence is there because the evidence should be contained in the forensic report. The report must be able to support the findings that they are making with documentary evidence. So you don't need HR, you need to read through this uh, forensic investigation and probably to call in the investigator to support uh, the findings that they are making there. Uh, and then the last one says uh, the implicated employees had to testify against each other. Uh, and inconsistent and selective applications of the sanction. Now, I don't know uh, <clears throat> where, where could you ever find this kind of reasons. You see, the own report of WNRCTA says the total amount uh, which involved this uh, forensic investigation it's about 196 million, 196 million, just to be exact, 551,878 rands involved in this forensic investigation. And of the 196 million, uh, only 1.6 million is recoverable. And of this 1.6 million, only 473,000 73, has been successfully recovered. So we moved from 196 million, we only had 473,000 that has been recovered as a result of a, a malpractice, fraud, and corruption that was happening in the WRC. And you are coming here to tell us that all the employees involved have been given a blanket indemnity. I mean, uh, <clears throat> well, I don't know. This, this, this for me is something that uh, it's really unacceptable. And you want to tell me that there is consequence management. There is consequences for wrong things that are happening. And when the board gives all the employees blanket blanket indemnity. I mean, it cannot be. I don't think it's something that we should, uh, we should accept as a portfolio committee, we should encourage. Everybody else must be held accountable. Let the DC pronounce on the guilt or otherwise of all these employees. It cannot be that it must be the boss calling to say, okay, uh, it has been two years since you have fingered in this investigation, therefore the time has lapsed and therefore you can be held to account. I mean, that is a very upset argument. Uh, I don't think I, I will accept that kind of argument. And we must insist uh, that uh, the city must, must go through this uh, in, disciplinary hearings. All the 78 employees implicated must be taken through. Uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of money that has been spent in in, um, 
in implementing this forensic investigation. So you are telling us all this money has gone to waste. Uh, for me, it's very unacceptable, and I think uh, we must insist that the, the CETA follow-ups that met. So those will be my uh, inputs, questions, and comments. Uh, can we get responses? Let's start with the services CETA. <clears throat> Let's uh, start with the chair, and then comments, and then give the the, uh, the CF. CEO, if you want to. Yes, um, thank you, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and thank you for the members. I will ask the CEO to uh, respond to some of the matters. But I think that just a general comment I want to make uh, by and that members refer to is in terms of when are we going to restore uh, the confidence back in these organizations uh, and also about the integrity. And I will agree with uh, members that there is a very negative uh, perception about the CETAs. Uh, it was actually uh, when I was when I told one person that I have been appointed to the to a services to a CETA that actually that the person was asking me why did I do it? Chair, um, I, I want to um, uh, agree uh, in terms of the point that you mentioned that perhaps we need more time. To clarify, one thing that I wouldn't like to happen, and I think my fellow board members, is that these issues hangs over the services sector uh, for the next five years. So that we can able to clarify on very specifically on some of the matters where members feel we didn't give uh, sufficient evidence. Um, especially you now also refer to the NSA report uh, around some of the infrastructure uh, projects. I'm aware of two investigations that was done um, and those uh, investigations were, were concluded. So perhaps we have to deal with that and bring all evidence uh, to this committee. Um, in terms of the appointments uh, in about the of the executives, I thought that we might put that matter to rest by providing the adverts of those um, uh, of those uh, uh, positions that as when it was advertised. Um, and also, um, of, and also the issue around that the requirement of the jobs was not just uh, a master's, but it was master's or equivalent. Um, and hence, you will see that uh, some of the members that was appointed, excuse me, the executives, didn't have a master's as some of the members correctly in indicated. Um, the other general question is that the stipends were paid. Um, as by directive by the minister, and I would like to weigh the specific uh, information about people is that we will follow up those specific uh, 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 cases. You will notice that um, we have changed our way of interaction on our social media platforms, whereby we actually deal with questions even raised on, on that. I've directed the, the administration uh, and they have responded in terms of that we deal with each and every, uh, each and every query uh, individually. And I will continue in ensuring that we do that. Um, CEO, I would like you to, to specifically deal with some of the financial issues and also the last two slides actually that you had to rush through because of time. Thank you. Okay, uh, can we get CEO? 
Chairperson, in terms of the, the, the qualifications that the chairperson has spoken about, I think we will take direction uh, uh, from the committee as to how we deal with that. But indeed, Chairperson, the, the job requirements uh, adverts, we have them and we will be submitting them so that there could be a comparison and then we can deal with the, the committee can direct us um, on, on the out shortcomings of those and what actions is actually needed um, on that. Um, also, Honorable Gieta raised an issue on the irregular expenditure, uh, the supply chain regular expenditure and consequences thereof. On the irregular expenditure, Chairperson, I want to say the following. The irregular expenditure, we, after the lessons um, we have learned previously and when we interacted with the committee, we did the breakdown as, as I had um, uh, presented it. What I wanted to say, Chair, is that the irregular expenditure, as I was uh, presenting, and Member Notata, Honorable Member Notata raised that issue also uh, under his questions, is that that regular expenditure is an irregular expenditure that was um, cumulative all for all the years. And the regular expenditure of 800 and um, the first figure that is on my slide is the one that the minister, um, uh, we have gotten into, uh, I was mentioning to say, we went into, an, uh, after the meetings with the committee, we met with the National Treasury and the AG and the department in one room at the department. We discussed and wanted guidance as to how then um, while we were expected to submit our APP. I must say, Chairperson, that this relates to our submission of the APP and the budgets that normally get approved by the minister. And they, there were different schools of thoughts and opinions of as to how we should have dealt with it, submitted separately the one from the other. And we said for all the years, we have been submitting budget and the APP at the same time because the budget that we would normally su submit talks to the APP target that we have to deliver on. But naturally what had then transpired was that the National Treasury in the age said they are putting this matter in the hands of the department as the executive authority as set out in the section of the, of the PFMA. And to date what has happened is that we, are not, we know as a matter of fact that the minister, the the, the our submissions are in, are in the minister's office and they are going to be approved accordingly. And we await that. That is the information that we got from the department. The second issue, Chairperson, that was on the irregular expenditures is that these irregular expenditures, uh, they are not a result of theft. And the CFO will, will, will have to come in and give emphasis. We looked at each and every figure as we had broken it down. The only issue that is a problem there is the last figure wherein we're saying that litigation is in process, where executives prior to 2013 paid themselves um, severance packages that were not appropriately approved. And that is the litigation matter that is currently in court. And I want to say that the, the, the incumbents that are affected or the, the respondents in the matter, they are defending the matter aggressively. And we are also pursuing that net. And what remains now, everything has happened. What remains was the court date because a, a, a conference has already happened where parties have exchanged and agreed on matters of common cause. But the matter is awaiting a court date for it to be argued. 
Again, Chairperson, I want to also deal with the issue. There's those amounts of the that talk to the contracts as well as the amounts that talk to 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 the to the to the other. I just want to open up the presentation, Chair, if I may quickly, so that I can re make reference to the specific um, amounts. So, Chair, the the 1.5 million, which is contract management, critical services. This is Chairperson in irregular expenditure that was incurred again before some of us even joined the seat, but it was important to investigate. This relates to those contracts that would call green, called evergreen contracts. And these were two contracts that were, these are entities were sub assisting the services sitter with two systems and their information was sitting with them. Those contracts were immediately, when it became aware that there's what is called these evergreen contracts were immediately terminated, but already there was that amount that was um, uh, incurred. The second one also, and we approached National Treasury for advices on that score. The second one, which is the 6.1 million, which was a divination that was denied by the National Treasury. We approached National Treasury on that one, and this is relating to a system as well that had Elena information. And National Treasury has also advised us as to how we deal with it and, and in terms of condonement. The 41 million, I've spoken to it. The 62 million, which I have not spoken to it, this is a result of the grants payment, the, the mandatory grants that we have had to pay as the services. Now I need to raise this issue, Chairperson. The services CETA has a responsibility to pay these grants. What had happened was that there was an increase in terms of claims, which was not aligned to the budget that the services had approved and set aside for payments of mandatory grants. And this was, the budget was based on the prior year trends but the CFO advised me that they saw as a, 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 an increase in the number of claims. And therefore, when they had to pay, they had gone over budget. That's what that regular expenditure is about. Now, consequence management could only be done on one area. And that one area is the one that talks to the 41 million. On the second question that was raised by the by members, Honorable Member Sibia on consequence management, I will then Chairperson, I'm still audible. Yes, I can. I can hear you. Okay. I'm just. I, I. I'm not sure if you see me on the screen now. I think that's my concern. The, the second issue, yeah. Chairperson, is what member, um, honourable member, um, just switch on your your, your video. Okay. Thank you, Chair. The second issue that Member Sibia raised is an issue of consequence management. I will now deal with consequence management here from the point of view of the uh, investigation reports, the two investigation reports that had taken place uh, on supply chain. The, the, the first big report spoke about, uh, it, it dealt with investigation in a number of issues that the minister directed that there be investigation on. It then made a reference to say, there is a further investigation that must be done on two issues, and these are supply chain management related issues. And that investigation took place. The investigation recommendations or other outcomes, Chairperson, identified that the incumbents that are in those positions, when they made um, the, the actions that they committed, it became, they, the report said, it became clear that they were not uh, capacitated to understand the sector which is um, relating to fidelity fund certificates for, for real estate related activities. And it therefore recommended that they be trained 
And also they'd be given return warnings, which has happened already. The training has happened and they got the return warnings through the CFO. Member Lizia raised um, other issues, um, Chairperson, that are very critical. I must immediately rush Chairperson and correct one issue that he has raised, um, which is, is the issue of the training on supply chain management. That on the presentation, it's, it's sitting, it says 25th December to the 27th of December 2019. Chairperson, it's an error. I apologize for that profusely. It is actually the 25th to the 27th November, uh, uh, November 2019. Member Lizia raises an issue on the masters and equivalent, which I think the chairperson has dealt with that and will seek guidance as to how do we treat that and, and, and what is the committee directing us to do. But I want to say the following, chairperson. Our understanding, and in fact, my understanding uh, uh, of reading, of literature, is that equivalent is five years. It's a three-year degree, a one-year honours or a one-year masters or, or, or any other qualification, which therefore in the tertiary training space it, it, I understand it to be five years to six years training that an incumbent would have, have to go through. But we will also take guidance from the committee as to how do we deal with that. There's a second issue on the how far are we in implementing the NSA recommendations. I will respond to Chairperson on this issue uh, and try to touch on quite a number of elements that talks and directs us to the NSA. And my response, Chairperson, is, is, is in the following manner. The MSA report, Chair, was a commissioned by the minister. And on, min, on the minister con, con, commissioning the report, she sent the report to the services seater and directed the services seater chairperson to respond to the NSA report findings. The chairperson of the services seater and the Hair Accounting Authority responded to the minister uh, in terms of the NSA findings. It then became very clear that on the 7th of January 2019, when the minister was, was had in front of her the NSA report as well as the services CETA um, responses, she directed the services CETA in a letter and said to the services CETA, I want you to respond to the, to the following issues. Amongst the issues that we were directed to respond to, not everything else, Chairperson, that was in the report, but the minister raised the issues of the, the, the provincial buildings the, the skill centers developments, as well as the issues of the qualifications, and as you were raising them, Chairperson. It then, after those responses, then the minister said we must also, the services must also put up and come up with an action plan. And that action plan was submitted to the minister accordingly, and the action plan has been implemented in its entirety. And in its implementation, Chairperson, that is why we were able to say we did training in, in certain areas to cure the gaps and so forth. Uh, on the issue, Chair, of the, I think on the issue of the, 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 the general feeling from the learners since the moved in-house, Chairperson, uh, it, 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 indeed, the termination of the Grayson Reed contract came and it had to happen because we had complaints from our learners and we also were not finding each other to respond to the issues that the learners were raising. The learners continue, Chairperson. We see a rise on the learners' complaints now that there's a, the minister directed us to pay stipends and, uh, during the lockdown. And we follow them, as the Chairperson was saying. And, and the, the complaints that the learners are saying is that what we are finding, Chairperson, is that services has two streams of payments. The artisanal related trades, we pay our host employers directly so that they can pay the learners. And then the other stream is where we are paying directly as the services seat. 
what we are finding Chairperson, is that there are legitimate cases where learners would be short paid or learners would not be paid because they did not attend but we find instances where learners would have not attended class and and, and they would come back and say they want payments they are still within the the the, the program and when we investigate we find that the learner dropped some time ago in the program I want to raise those issues, Chairperson, amongst other issues, in as far as they relate to the learner stipends. There is an issue, Chairperson, that relates to the appointment of the stipend management unit that member, uh, Honorable Member Letia raised. And the CFO will talk to that but in detail. But in as far as I know is that we had used the, 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 the labor brokerage because we were looking for certain expertise in the payment system. But also, we were looking for certain credentials to say that people, because they were going to be handling financial related matters, we wanted certain clearances and we did not want to take certain responsibilities as the organization. But the CFO will deal with that chairperson. And on, in terms of the Honorable uh, Nodada's questions on consequence management, the NSA report, I think I've, I've dealt with that, Chair. I will deal with any other matter that comes out of that if I have not dealt with it. On the mitigation, again, Chair. It's those issues that I was presenting to say that we've included training and for our staff members that are in the supply chain that are that are in the supply chain management unit. We've also incorporated the supply chain management compliances as a KPI in the scorecards of the executives, the scorecards of the senior managers, the scorecards of the managers, as well as any other official or administrator that is dealing with um, that, that deals with supply chain management related issues. There, there's an issue that was raised by Honorable Member Pozzoli on the vagueness and rushed uh, presentation on the on the presentation of the qualifications of the executives. As I had said, what we will do to clarify to give more information on this is that we will take the advert and we will submit it together with the qualifications of the incumbent so that then we are able to deal with any issue that is outstanding on that or that is vague or confusing. Um, on Honorable Mkachwashi, there was an issue on clarity how we are going to champion. We have done a lot of activities, Honorable Mkachwashi, in as far as restoring a good governance in the organization, especially when we were a, a, having a myriad of allegations out there in the public domain coming out. But by the way, we did encourage our employees to report a, 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 any irregularity or any fraud a, activities that or corruption that are happening in the organization. We encouraged them because we also were cognizant of the fact that certain employees might feel that they might be victimized. And we continued to give direction and, and also um, how they should communicate with those uh, institutions that are entrusted with such a responsibility. But what did what did we do as a services seat? We made certain that our tip of line, which is independently managed, is is enhanced and also increased access onto that independently. So to the extent that those the whatever is being reported gets presented to the audit committee. What we also did we introduced an ethics management process where we were training and empowering our, our employees to I, say to them. Can you hear me? Yes, Chairperson. Yeah, I would like us to to wrap up, go towards wrapping up because there is still two more and I think you have taken 
most of the time. There's 20 minutes left and we must give both entities to respond. So just go towards wrapping up. Honorable Litsia wants to take a minute to clarify something uh, before we go to the rest of the two sitters. Uh, just go towards wrapping up, CEO. Okay, I will do so. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, on the on the issues that the chairperson is raising on the regular expenditure explanations that are not sufficient, the inflated prices that you are making reference thereof, is these issues uh, were raised in the NSA report. And again, Chair, the minister directed the services that there be an investigation. That is why the two reports that we had sent from the the forensic reports that we sent in December to the committee were delivered. But what was, is of significance, Chairperson, is that. Perhaps the committee will also guide us as to what um, the uh, issues that we we need to address in as far as those reports are are concerned, Chairperson. Chairperson, I think I will I will pause there, Chairperson. Thank you. Okay, Honourable you wanted to clarify something on the qualifications. Uh, yes, Chairperson, thank you very much for allowing me the opportunity. I think uh, I just want to clarify something. I heard both the CEO and the Chairperson saying, uh, the advert was saying masters or equivalent. Uh, um, the equivalent here, Chairperson, is referred to um, the, as PESAQUA uh, uh, NQF level framework. So the NQF, the, the equivalent will be level nine. Uh, the master's degree is level nine or equivalent. So um, <clears throat> I still stand by my point earlier on that uh, it means all other except the last one that did not meet the academic requirements. Thank you. Okay. All right, thank you. I think uh, the chair has uh, already indicated that we might have to have a follow-up, have more time to follow up because I think there are two issues that requires uh, much more substantiation, which is the, the issue of qualifications, as the CEO says, they will present what was in the advert and then uh, the incumbent at the time of the appointment. So for now, we don't have that information. So I think it's an issue for further engagement, as well as the NSA report, and uh, what was done about it, the allegations, how were they handled, and so forth. So that maybe, <clears throat> uh, sorry, maybe the, the organization can just give us a chronology of events. This is what happened after the NSA. This is what the minister has done. This is what uh, we did and, and all of that. And what is the current situation? And so they will also you know, come up with uh, the issues that Honorable Fetzia is raising. The advert, the equivalent, and what is uh, the incumbent holding. Because we have not seen those adverts now, it's just the responses. I think that would be the way forward for services seat. <clears throat> can we, can we go to, um, is it WNR Sita? Uh, 
firstly, thank you for the questions that have been raised by the honourable members. Um, the CEO will cover most of the uh, questions that have uh, asked. <coughs> Uh, the, 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 the question that I'd like to just respond to uh, is the question that was raised by the Honorable Chairperson and also Honorable uh, Sibia, um, and that is around the, uh, <clears throat> the action that was uh, taken on the 78 uh, employees. I know um, probably the way we've actually um, structured the conclusion in our presentation, um, we did not give um, a lot of details into uh, what actually led to that part of conclusion. <clears throat> and I think what also I do just want to highlight uh, and, and possibly the CEO can probably uh, even as a follow-up give a breakdown you know, when we talk about the regular expenditure of 196 million and only 1.6 million uh, is categorized for recovery. Uh, and, and this is really because the majority of those regular expenditures were really due to not following processes uh, and not following the correct uh, delegation of authority framework uh, versus actually corruption. Uh, 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 <clears throat> So that that what actually explain that difference, but the CEO can expand on that. Um, uh, so the money is actually did actually go to the right beneficiaries, um, uh, but the processes uh, uh, in terms of compliance were, were not quite uh, followed. So um, that's just I wanted to just uh, talk a bit on that on on that issue, and then uh, <clears throat> also maybe before I also just give a detailed uh, response on the employees. Uh, uh, Honorable uh, uh, Wazoli, I think, touched uh, on the issue of, um, you know, uh, monies going to SMMEs uh, <clears throat> and, and, and are those monies also used for uh, the skills. The CEO will actually expand uh, on, on how that is actually being implemented because we've got an SMME capacitation program which uh, is got the built-in on skills on that and I hope that there will be enough time though to, to do that. Uh, coming to the uh, 78 em uh, uh, employees, first of all uh, when the board that started on 1st of April 2018 took over so there were these um, three uh, forensic uh, uh, reports and uh, the, 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 the debate was then how does the board actually deal with them. So the first thing is that they were reported to National Treasury and, and some advice was sought to from the National Treasury in terms of how do the board deal with those issues uh, and, and the advice was that the board should actually appoint an ad hoc committee uh, which uh, consists of board members and also people with ex expertise, especially from the legal side of things. So that committee was then uh, commissioned. And part of the things that you uh, uh, are on the presentation were actually the uh, overarching principles of what the terms of reference should uh, look at in terms of reviewing uh, uh, the, 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 the recommendations that were 
both in those in, in those uh, forensic reports. So the ad hoc committee then uh, had numerous meetings. Uh, they went to each and every um, case, and they actually evaluated it, uh, and then came back to the board with the recommendations. So on the employee side uh, of the 78, um, only five employees came with a sanction of disciplinary measures to be taken, only five out of the 78. And then the 24, the recommendations were give a verbal to written warning. And then at the rest, there was actually no action that was recommended because nothing really substantial was actually found out from those allegations after um, the ad hoc team had uh, done the review. So it's basically here we're talking about these five <clears throat> employees who were supposed to be disciplined. But then there were, there were, there, there were complications, uh, Honorable Chairperson, in that, um, for example, of the five, of, of the, some of the people in this five, they were part of the first group that was suspended by the board um, <clears throat> based on this uh, uh, forensic investigation. And then while the, 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 the disciplinary uh, measures were taking place, and then the board was suspended. So then the, the administrator came in, and then the administrator came in, and then the administrator then actually did some uh, hearings and, uh, uh, and actually issued some sanctions. Uh, I don't want to go to the details of whether those actually followed the LRA or not, but they were can done. I, can I uh, interject there? Uh, yes. <clears throat> Uh, maybe what what we should do, Chair, is what you are saying that what you are reporting now. Maybe you should uh, put it out, down in writing, uh, so that we can have a, a a much more detailed engagement. Because <clears throat> our request was to say what actions has been taken by the WNRC to implement the recommendation in the forensic report. Now, the presentation says the board took a decision to stop all the cases. It's different from what you are saying now. What you are saying is that there was action taken against the 78 employees. Now, I think that maybe let's uh, have another opportunity where we can further engage on this matter. And in that further engagement, I would like to, to get uh, the findings and the recommendation from each of those forensic investigations. What did they say? And uh, what were the recommendation? And which employee were involved or affected by that? For each of all that, and then you can tell us what have you done about each of those recommendations. Because now, as it is, you see the presentation, although is forward-looking, which is quite good about the turnaround strategy, but it does not address the fundamentals of what we asked from yourself to say, what have you done about these forensics? Because you can't commission the forensic investigation and not do anything about it. And that's the gist of what we, we wanted from you. So.
I think maybe let's just end it at this one. Uh, because there will be a further engagement, there's no need for the CEO now to clarify other things. He can clarify it in the in the actual report, if you don't mind. Oh, that's fine, Chef. No problem. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, can we get uh, construction sitter? Um, thank you Before, very much. Uh, as, as you come in, uh, administrator, let's just ask their cameras if they are not on the floor okay over to you administrator thank you very much um can i just dispense with some of the easy ones first um the questions uh, that uh, honorable here asked um and the rumors let me start with the rumor um the rumor is false chairperson and i think is is malicious um i have never owned a company called ndumba and associates i have got absolutely nothing to do with them in fact ndumba and associates were internal auditors by the time that i was appointed the administrator there and their contract ended on the 31st of march um so that is absolutely not true chair um i have got nothing to do with ndumba and associates uh, can i just say that uh, i would like i would share um with the committee the terms of reference for the forensic investigations that we are planning so that you have got a, a complete view of what it is that is going to be investigated um uh, and and that uh, it it will deal with also the issues that you have raised uh, with regard to the report, uh, Koboto report. Um, I had fully implemented Koboto report, uh, all the recommendations. Um, uh, the the matters that were raised by um, all the honourable members relating to this matter, uh, including uh, honourable Itzienotata and yourself, Chair, um, and maybe uh, Honorable Mkato as well. They are all covered on the Koboto report and the recommendations thereof were that um, the people that I have put on suspension um, are put on suspension and that all the allegations uh, are put to them uh, through a disciplinary process, which is what I'm currently doing. Chair, uh, relating to uh, the other matter of me having locked the offices of CETA um, after the judgment of the 25th uh, of, uh, of February. Um, it's, it's partly true, uh, Chair, that I got uh, an advice uh, from the lawyers of the minister that uh, they are appealing the, the judgment and that they are, the effect of that appeal is that uh, is going to suspend the judgment uh, and that uh, the accounting authority members should not be allowed to go back to work um, as it was um, uh, uh, ordered by by uh, honorable the judge of the labor court however when the members arrived or at least one member arrived mr mfebe um, he called me and he raised this issue. And I said to Mr. Mfebe that, look, I am the administrator and I'm not fighting with you uh, 
uh, accounting authority members. The matter is between you and the minister. I am appointed by the minister. I have no problem with you holding your office. Uh, I mean, your meeting at the offices of CETA. Uh, if you want to, I said that the offices are opened. Uh, you can hold your meeting. He then told me that, uh, no, that is no longer necessary because members have left um, already. Um, so that is that is the fact of, of what happened um, around around that matter, um, uh, Chairperson. Um, with regard to the deductions uh, relating to the uh, pension fund and the um, and and the uh, once off uh, salary increase, uh, the the Estuary Accounting Authority rescinded that decision uh, to deduct the. The, the money from the salaries of the employees. And uh, the matter is now back to where it was, and that was uh, before the decision that the board had taken to deduct. Um, there are no deductions being undertaken. Uh, the, the payments are, are made uh, to, the, to the employees. That's why there is uh, some harmony now taking place within the organization until these matters are dealt with in the manner that I have already I have already mentioned. Actually, I'm not aware of the executives uh, that are said to have been accomplices on the matter, because when I got there, um, there was only one executive, which was the um, the CFO, um, and the CFO, as I said, is on suspension uh, on on matters. Uh, uh, relating to the Koboto report, uh, amongst others. But I'm not aware of the specific allegation that uh, uh, there were co accomplices um, on, on this matter of, uh, uh, of, of pension fund. What I've heard is that um, the CEO, uh, CFO was the one who made the presentation uh, to the board on the matter, um, which then led to the resolution uh, taken um, uh, to uh, pay 100% contributions uh, to the uh, to the employees on the workman's matter. Uh, I have had the allegation. Um, I, as as I said, I've met with the union a couple of times, and uh, they have uh, mentioned this matter that there were eight opinions um, from workmen's on the same issue. I have seen their opinions. Um, it is correct uh, that 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 is so. Um, however, also Vermont, as you know, uh, is representing uh, the Estuary Accounting uh, Authority on the matter um, uh, with the minister. Um, so the matter, of course, will be subjected to the to the forensic investigation uh, that that we're talking about. Uh, on the last issue, Chair, uh, the comments by uh, Honorable Bozoli um, are really regrettable, uh, Chair. Um, I have uh, had no intention of uh, woodwinking the committee on those two slides, but those two slides, Chair, were for information and we had uh, made um, a request before we started presentations that uh, we must um, uh, stick to the time and talk to the key issues that the committee uh, must be aware of. Um, and, and I felt that those matters, um, the committee would have read the, the slides because the slides are largely about the administration and the plans 
uh, going forward. They have got nothing to do with the questions that uh, you had requested us to address, Chair. I'll just ask the, the, the advice on finance, Chair, to deal with the issue of stipends uh, quickly, um, if, if you don't mind, Chair. Yeah, in a minute. Uh... Just unmute yourself. Oh, good evening, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members and the colleagues. Uh, quickly to deal with the issue of SAWIC and the payment of stipend. Uh, monies were paid. Uh, monies were paid to TSK to deal with the stipends of uh, SAWIC as per the arrangement between TSK and uh, SAWIC. Uh, however, I must indicate that those were only paid in April. We had a backlog that comes from uh, September when there was a go slow uh, in the organization. Uh, after that, we started dealing with the backlog and then there were those glitches that the administrator has referred to where uh, the court uh, back and forth kept bringing us in and out. So as soon as we were able to stabilize, we started paying. So we've been receiving complaints that there have been uh, delays with some entities from paying stipends over to other entities or to the internship, to the interns. We've been dealing with that. We've received this complaint uh, relating to SAWIC yesterday. Uh, today we were not able to get hold of TSK to get to understand why they are not paying over the monies. We will follow up, H.A. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much uh, for that. <clears throat> I think with regard to uh, construction CETA, uh, we we will welcome, uh, please uh, share with us the terms of reference for the forensic investigation uh, that will be undertaken so that if possible, uh, members may want to suggest other areas of uh, that must be looked into in addition to the uh, areas that would have been uh, <clears throat> prescribed that must be investigated. And we will uh, monitor the case um, between the SYL board, accounting authorities and the minister. And I think at an appropriate time, we will ask that the minister must come and brief us because that briefing will be um, uh, relevant that it must be presented by the minister on the on the reasons why the board was placed under administration. I must say that uh, in my closing comments on the 29th, uh, I did express a view that the board was not uh, very responsive uh, in how it was dealing with us. The chairperson of the board, the first time we wanted to meet with the board, uh, gave us a sort of a middle finger until we insisted that he comes. Even when he came there, he was not very clear on the issues. And it was clear <clears throat> that, you know, the, the board was becoming very obstructive to the functioning of the organization and the, the, the environment was not fine there. Uh, that's why uh, the view that I expressed was that this board is not assisting that organization. But of course, the minister will then come and explain to us uh, 
on the reasons why the board was disbanded after the matter has been ventilated in court. For now, there's no <clears throat> appetite. I don't think we should have an appetite to enter that because the matters are still sub judicare. So as soon as they are finalized, we can then come back and then uh, engage with the minister on on construction CETA. Uh, but the two other entities, I think, we will then resolve, as we have already explained, uh, that there is a need for a follow-up engagement with both of them on the issues that you have identified. Uh, <clears throat> my appeal is that uh, when you receive a request from us to say, please brief us on this, focus on that uh, primarily. And then after that, you can share with us whatever that you think that you need to share with us, but respond to the questions that we are posing. Don't wait until you come here and we make follow-up questions and then you then get into the actual issues. Uh, so please uh, be open with us. Uh, you must be forthcoming and uh, respond to the issues that uh, we we are asking for, but otherwise uh, we have had a, a three hour long and a very robust engagement with all the entities. We are doing all of these things in the name of uh, um, our the constitutional injunction uh, to ourselves that uh, we must hold the executive to account and all public bodies. So this is what we have been mandated by the constitution to do. Uh, so we're not targeting anybody. We're simply just doing our work. <clears throat> and this work of oversight and accountability sometimes can be very irritating uh, to those against whom this oversight is exercised. Uh, so please uh, bear with us. We're simply just doing our work. But otherwise, Thank you very much. Our wish is that the sitters must turn the corner. Uh, they must help us collectively change the perception that is out there, that these entities are not being managed properly. So what we do, how we follow up the matters, it's very important to change the perception. So we're coming from that angle. But otherwise, thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, and all the entities. As I said, the meeting on Friday, it looks like it's not going to take place. So we're trying now to schedule it to the following week on Tuesday. Uh, there's some entities where which were supposed to brief us. But because this one is important, we'll just shift the program for next Tuesday and substitute it with the, the briefing by the minister. I think it's going to be either midday or so, but we will confirm with members. Thank you very much, honorable members. This meeting is adjourned. Thank you, sir. Thank you, chair. Thank you, chair. Thank you, chair. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Hey, Boshoff, you've been here all along. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, wash off.